Gundam style, everybody, and welcome to Wow Cool Robot, a podcast about mobile suit Gundam. I'm Max, I use he, him pronouns, and with me, as always, is Sarah. Hey, it's me, Sarah. I use she, her pronouns. It's Sarah the motherfucking degree haver up in here. They're, they're calling me Sarah the degree haver. I got an email today that my bachelor's degree, uh, my application for my bachelor's degree did, in fact, get accepted, so... I am, they're calling me two degrees Sarah because I have two bachelor's degrees for some fucking reason. You, you gave him the old double batch. Right. Like, I, I I don't mean to sound like I'm too humble, but, like, I have a very low opinion of myself. And the idea of me being a person with two degrees is, like, just, it's a little bit out there for me. I mean, less of that, a podcaster with two degrees, even. This is true. The world's first tiger with two degrees and podcasts. <laughs> I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see a fucking like Dodo Instagram video on this. <laughs> Shocking <laughs> <Yes>. world scientist. <laughs> this tiger just became the world's first woman. <laughs> <laughs> this is okay. So this, this is this has been reminding me that um I have been I, I'm doing name change stuff right. I'm 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 in the process of getting that ball rolling. Uh-huh. And um uh, a handful of my friends. You know I've mentioned to a couple of people that I want to chase a doctorate eventually for this. And when I say eventually, I mean I'm going to graduate school in the fall for the purpose of going to this doctorate. So not that eventually, but I digress. Um, and the people have been like jokingly referring to me as Doctor Tigers, and then it just hit me they'd be really funny for my name to be legally Doctor Tigers, but like I would keep the pronunciation like my current last name because my current last name is Rogers, which is just right. two letters off of Tigers. Yeah, but it'd be funny if I kept the ti- like if I kept kept the soft G like Tigers. Tigers. I just think would be really funny like. Uh, Eight years from now, some like sophomore SUNY, like some sophomore SUNY Brockport student saunters into the office of one Dr. Tigers, and it is just like covered from head to toe. This woman is wearing like three articles of tiger clothing. She's got like little (laughs) tiger sculptures, tiger posters, paintings, art, everything in her office is tigers. And she shakes your hand and she says, Oh, it's pronounced Tigers, actually. The, the the hardest fucking swerve you could ever impose upon someone. Just a great bit, IMO. Tigers. I like that shit. That's good. I I genu- like I, I, I will not be changing my last name to Tigers, I don't think, despite what I I kinda want to, but like I think it would actually physically kill my mother if I did that. Um so mm-hmm. I, I've been thinking about just like changing like include having one of my middle names be Tigers and then just going by Sarah Tigers. That's I mean here's the thing, you can have a lot of middle names, I hear. I can and I will. It's like it's just, it's like free, it's free names is what it is. It's free names. Free I genu- I genuinely wish it was easier to change your name. God, it's the fact that it's like so much fucking money to, I don't want to get into my whole fucking trans healthcare diatribe here, but it's ridiculous mm-hmm. that it cost me to, that it can cost me $250 to change my fucking name. Yeah, that's, that's, that's quite frankly nuts. There's like that tweet that's going around. It's like, it's going to get real easy to change your name when all the kids named Khaleesi turn 18. <laughs> I just, I just got to hold out till uh, uh, Game of Thrones premiered in 2011, so that means that we're going to be looking at, like, 2029. 2030-ish, yeah. 2029, 20, okay, I just got to hold out on my name change till then. Yeah, fucking... <laughs> Naze Jastly, you're named after the two bravest men I know. <laughs> okay, let's imagining, talk about... <laughs> imagining someone who's Blorbo for this show is Jastly. Like, I'm just like, I... <laughs> I don't know if such a such a specimen exists. My Blorbo is Jared Mesa of Zeta Gundam, and like he's definitely more of a 
I wouldn't say university, but universally beloved, but like he has redeeming qualities and, and Jazzly, aside from his cool coat, that's really all he has going for him. Jazzly's coat is cool, but it's absolutely dripless on him. Like, like it looks like he just, it looks like he fucking stole the wardrobe from like a black exploitation film or something. Yeah. And like everyone who was on that cast made that outfit look so much better than he does. Yeah. I mean, look, we don't gotta look at him for that much longer. Waka waka. Yeah, uh, he was abs- absolutely fucking dripless in the in the <laughs> the sexual skin tight suit today. Yeah, also. I don't want I don't want to see his form. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, let's get into it. We got some shit. We got some. We got some. We got We got a lot to talk about on these episodes. I got some. I got. I, there were some good things in these episodes. There were some things I have grievance was. Yeah, we we have some general grievances here. Um, First episode: big naturals for a human. <laughs> Pretty good. That's episode 41. Thanks. Uh, despite Naze no longer being a part of Tewaz, McMurder holds his funeral aboard the Saisei anyway, much to Jazzly's anger. He constantly tries to egg on Tekadon into open conflict with him so he can take McMurder out and become the head of Tewaz, but Tekadon refused to take the bait, remembering Naze's words to them about looking out only for themselves. All the Turbans girls are still able to work under Tewaz, but Lofter goes to talk to Akihira about her uncertain future. They lift each other up and give each other certainty about their paths and part ways. Meanwhile, Mika agrees to have a baby with Atra. Outstanding! Uh, the next day, as Lofter and Ozzy are both shopping, Lofter's gunned down by one of Jazzy's goons, prompting Tekadon to get ready for open conflict with both him and Eok. Uh, Orga knows Tekadon won't be able to remain a part of Tewaz after this, and he allies with the only person they have left, Megillus Farid. So, so... We're, we're on a path. Yeah, we're on a path. Um, I'll save my, th- I'll, you know, I'll save my thoughts on Lofter's death until we get there, because I have some thoughts about it. Yeah, okay. So, I, I, the episode starts out sad again, because, like, no one could, um... No one could recover. Naze or Amida, like Gallahorn, just like took the ship, took the suit. Yep. So you know they they have like a, a sort of I, I think it's like kind of a chest of belongings, kind of like what they did to the human debris way back when. Right. It's their um when you faint in Pokemon when you faint in Pokemon Arceus. Um, yeah, they took half their they took half their uh, GP. Yeah, it's so sad. Um, Jazzy's like fucking pissed off at McMurder because he's like still going with Naze's funeral, even though Jazzy's like, but he was a traitor. He he, he belonged to an illegal organization. McMurder's like, ah, I'm holding a funeral for a friend. That's all. Yeah. Why are, why, why are you acting so weird about this, Jasly? I hate to, I fucking hate that I invoke this shit now because, like, I made it my entire life without reading Harry Potter, and now I just, but now I like listen to a podcast too much about this, and I like McMurdo is just Dumbledoring around. I mean, fucking kinda. <laughs> He's like, like, oh, I, I'm holding a funeral. I'm just, I'm but holding a funeral for a friend. McMurder's such a weird fucking character. I don't get him. I don't really, I don't really feel like I need to. Like, he can just be like a force for whatever the story wants to be. Like, because he's not really a character. Yeah. He, I just he, don't get. Him. He contains multitudes, and I don't care to explore any of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he has many alter egos, Countess Bluetooth Flagrantes. I can I tell you, fucking last. A couple days ago, we were recording Yu-Gi-Oh! And I made... Elliot and I both made a Countess Fuji Flagrante joke at the exact same time. <laughs> and later on, uh, our, our guest, Devin, like, led me into... To, there's a character called Fubuki um, in Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. And so, so like, we came up with Fubuchi Flagrante. And if that ain't just Flagrante? the most fun thing to say, I was in fucking tears saying it. I... <laughs> I... <laughs> I told you, Chaz, you can't handle Fubuchi. <laughs> you can't handle them, Fubuchi. <laughs> Oh god. Um Jasly also like super wants to kill McMurder. 
Um, he's like, yeah, he wants to retire him. He wants to, he wants to put the old man out to pasture because he's like, you know, next in line. He, 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 he's, he's second in line. Um, so when we like cut to the funeral of, um, of Naze and Amida, like Jazzy and his goons walk in and they're like, just being like loud and rowdy me like, Oh, look at like slapping each other on the backs. Like we made the biggest flower arrangement. Just like trying to get someone to like throw a punch at them basically. Yeah. They, they're very, like, oh damn, you space rights are stinky. Your brother was fail. His long hair was nasty. Plus L, plus ratio, plus no bitches, plus no biscuit. Do, yeah, like, trying, like, some internet troll bullshit. It doesn't really work, because everyone's, like, just, like, everyone's pissed off, obviously, but, you know, everyone understands that, like, maybe attacking that... these guys at a funeral is not the move. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but what's strong into my head, you know that, like, that old comic that's like the V for Vendetta mask charging at a hail of gunfire and like under the mask he's etched onto his skull yell at black people on the internet. Yeah. Like that, but Jazzly is charging in with the with the, the V for Vendetta mask on and it says yell at orphans on the internet. Yeah, like it's it it's really funny. Like this story would be a <laughs> and little ideas are bulletproof. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. That's like that that's some shit McGillis believes in. Um but like when you really boil it down it sounds like a very coherent plot of, oh, the second, you know, the, the mafia is second in command, really wants to take out the competition so he can become the leader. And then you realize that the competition is like a bunch of teenagers. <laughs> it's like, well, hold on. Right. It's a little bit, it's it's Hiram Lodge complaining about It really teenagers. is Hiram Lodge. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jazzy's second in command is like, did you, did you say high schooler, boss? God. I think, I think that Archie and his friends should all get some mobile suits to fuck around in. I think this. I think Cheryl Blossom deserves a mobile suit. No one she else does, but Cheryl, Cheryl Blossom does. probably owns one. Honestly, <laughs> season six of Riverdale. Please put them please. in robots. <laughs> um, we cut uh, as we're at the funeral to like the baby room, and it's Asher and Asher and Hush are taking care of the babies. And Hush yes. is like, "Miss Asher, what do I do? This one's peeing." <laughs> so, I love Hush so much. It's Hush so is good. like Hush has been much less of a character in this season than I kind of expected. Which, like, I'm not complaining about. I just, like, kind of anticipated seeing more of him. But I really liked what I have seen of him. He's a very funny character and, like, much more... much. Ever since he decided to be Mika's, like, like his gopher, his errand boy, it, mm-hmm. it's very funny just, like, seeing him not be Bakugo. Like, er, grr, I must be the cool epic mobile pilot. He wants to be his mini Mika. <laughs> his mini Mika! We, we do get a, a, a cute shot of, like, Mika just kind of staring at one of the babies. Just, like, yeah, he's like giving each of these blank stares. Yeah, it's really cute. Later, Mika says that that baby looked like Naze, and he's like, so that's how lineages go on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I understand. Gregor Mendel was onto something with this. Yeah. Um, um, we, we, we get um, Nick Mirder's talking to Echo and Laughter and Ozzy. And we learn that, like, they're still going to work with Tewaz if they want to, because, like, mm-hmm. th- their work is invaluable. Again, there's fucking 50,000 of them, but they can't, like, pilot anymore because, you know, they were branded an illegal organization, so it's just a lot of right. red tape to go through. But, like, they're still, they still have a place. It rang ever so slightly of Heaven Will Be Mine to me. I, have you played that one? I have not. I have not either, I'll admit, but there's this detail that I know about it that <clears throat> is extremely compelling to me, which is that the protagonist is like a, a a lady mech pilot and every time someone calls her like the best the best pilot uh she rem- she corrects them and says like the best pilot remaining because after the war all the the men and straight people went home to their families mm. and so the you know the women are just out there the women and gays are just out there shooting around yeah out there vibing oh interesting yeah. 
Um, Which I don't, I, I don't know. That, that comparison made more sense when I wrote it down yesterday. <laughs> I can see the threads. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm doing um, Tanjiro. I'm looking at threads. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I started reading Demon Slayer, if you couldn't tell. Yeah, it's pretty, it, pretty good. It's good. Uh, I like it quite the, a bit, actually. The one problem with Demon Slayer is that I do not really have a Blorbo about it, which is, like, not yeah. really... It's it's not the not the sh- not the show or manga's fault. It's just you know I, there's no one that I really like imprinted on. Like Zenitsu is Z- Zen- Zenitsu is like Blurbo adjacent to me. He's he's Zenitsu- almost there. Z- Zenitsu <laughs> I I like any guy who gets knocked out and then becomes more powerful and then wakes up and is like, what the fuck did I just do? Yeah. Like I, this is I think this is I think this all comes from my Detective Conan love, where um you know Kagoro just like gets every case Kagoro gets knocked out by Conan and then he right. uses the voice changing bow tie to like make it seem like Kagoro solved everything. It's so fucking never bit that never gets old. <laughs> never gets old. He's just like this incredibly heavily acclaimed like detective, and people meet him and are like Ah Kagoro Mori, are you? I've heard so much about you, and he's just like this brash, boris, stupid piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. <laughs> he um, sucks so much. <laughs> Great fail dad. Top 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 tier fail dad. The, the best characters are the fail characters. Yeah, love this to is see true. Em. Um, we get a little flashback. Yeah, we do. We get a we get a cute. We get like a good. Poly, a, a, I continue to be surprised by this show's good polyamory discussion. Like the way that it frames it in a decent way. Like this is just retreading the same ground from like season one, where Almeida talks about like you know it as a meal, where it's like, wouldn't you want to share a good steak with a bunch of people? And it's, uh, <clears throat> which I, I, I just liked it. It's cute. Um, and, but then she also like, she also like furthers that logic and is like, well, laughter must really be in love if she can take Akihiro's love fully and like, doesn't feel the need to share it with other people, which is like a slightly weird framing of polyamory, but like, like it being like, this is like 90, like 90 to 95% on track with what I would call good. And like, that is better than I expected, which was about 10 to 15% on track of being good. Right. Exactly. Um, but, but, you know, the whole thing is like, yeah. It's cute. If, Laugh if Laughter, love, they yeah. love each other. They carry each other. They carry each other. It's nice. Um, we, we we get a scene after this of Rustal talking to Eok. Uh He's like, Eok, you need to fucking calm down quite a bit, my guy. You gotta dude, stop, dude, like, you, taking out illegal weapons for your schemes. Dude, you need to, I need you to look at the OP of this show and tell me how many frames of it you are in. You need to be more, you are not <laughs> yeah. the protagonist of this show. Eok, e- there's too much scrutiny on you right now. <laughs> oh, God. You are not getting the minutes, but you are not getting those co- those Kevin Durant minutes, my boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we, we get another kind of, like, reiteration of Tekadon's refusal to get involved with a Jassly. Like, is the leadership talking? And, like, they all know Jassly's behind this, but, you know, Orga's saying that Naze wouldn't want them to go out for revenge. Uh, like, if they act out, it'll cause trouble for the remaining turbans, which, you know... Pretty level-headed way to go about this. Yep. Um, um, Ride comes in and says, laughter is here. Yay. <laughs> that's what I um, say. That's <laughs> <laughs> fucking stupid. That's what I say whenever I turn on Comedy Central. <laughs> <laughs> laughter is here. Yay. That's their death and attack line. <laughs> that should be its tag line. <laughs> laughter is here. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta add the yay. It also doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> That might be, Sarah, I think this might be the stupidest thing we've said in this entire podcast run so far. That's laughter is here, yay! Yay. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Oh, 
it's the yay that really carries it, isn't it? Oh, yay! It's, it's, it's like just a step removed to the German child going, yippee, yippee! No, little German boy, don't go in the mobile suit cockpit! Um, <laughs> oh, mein Gott! This cockpit is full of, is full of teen and trauma! <laughs> <laughs> uh, they so Lofter's talking to Akihiro in the hallway, and she like asks him. This like, scene if is you, so cute. This scene is this scene fucking real. She asks him if he wants to get drinks. He's like, oh, I'll, I'll get, I'll get the, I'll get the boys, and she's all disappointed. And like Eugene and Sheena are like making pog face around the corner about it, and there's yeah. like, we're not here. Turn the fuck around and go by yourself. Yeah, go alone, idiot. And then they go to they go to our favorite bar, <laughs> pub someday. Let's fucking go. We're back to pub someday, right next door to pub always, baby. <laughs> Also, apparently, down the street from the fucking Saisei Build a Bear. Yes, yes, Bear the Bear Factory. <laughs> the Bear Factory. I am popping so much on my audio. I'm so sorry for when you edit this. <laughs> like, but this this scene at the bar is so 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 good. Like, yeah. it's not like this this childish. Well, not childish, but like you know, it's not like this declaration of love. It's them just like being very like uplifting and kind towards each other. You know, it's yeah. like such a very good character moment here. Yeah, it really is. It's a really cute scene. Laughter like reminisces about her time before the turbines, working with a bunch of women for a shit man, and then ultimate mil the ultimate milf Amida and her failed husband saved them. Mm-hmm. And Amida I and another have- guy show up. Yes. I have to say, the fact that Ozzy and Laughter and like all the women of the turbines specifically call Amida ma'am, like they call Naze Naze. Like, like sometimes, sometimes Laughter will call him like Honey or something, but like you know, just like a pet name. The fact that they all call Amida Ma'am is horny. I'm sorry, I have to say it. Okay, so I literally didn't notice them all calling Amida Ma'am until like this episode. I don't Me know either. if that just started I'm, now. No, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it does. Like, I'm pretty sure Ozzy refer like when not speaking directly to Amida, uh, Ozzy does refer to her as Ma'am. Yeah, it's it's. I, it's I, I'm pretty sure. She's only Ma'am in death, I guess. I um, guess so. But yeah, so, like <laughs> respect, respect, respect your milfs, respect your doms. Please, please respect. Uh, Lofter <laughs> talks about how you know Naze and Amida and everyone else made her in the person she is, and Akihiro says the same thing about Tekadon. Um, Lofter, she kind of like he says, like Akihiro, you're an awkward, caring person, and he thinks that she's making fun of him, but no, she's like, no, she's like, I'm praising you. Those qualities are made, what made me fall. Dot dot dot. It's nice. It's just very cute. It's very sweet. Yeah. I can't wait for something bad to happen after this. Yeah, they say goodbye and laughter walks, gives him a really squeezy hug. And she it's says cute. squeeze out loud. It's so, it's she so good. She does. Um, Akihiro gets blushy and they walk off. And my note says parting is such sweet sorrow, but at least laughter will be out of the line of fire. <laughs> How's this? How's your cereal, Sarah? Uh, you know what? This, 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 these Fruit Loops are fucking delicious, Max. I gotta <laughs> tell you. <laughs> um. Hey, you know what? Complete fucking insane sidebar. It's related, but it's insane. So I there's a Lidl down the road from us. There's like a Lidl and a Giant. And Giant's where we go to do like our, you know, kind of like main weekly grocery runs. But I'll pick stuff up from Lidl here and there on the way home from work. Okay, and- grocery. Okay, these are grocery. I, I I don't know what the fuck Lidl or... Do you mean like... Oh, I forgot grocery stores are regional. <laughs> yeah, we have Wegmans up here. <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh, I love a good Weggy. Um, no, Gi- Giant. Giant's like, you know, your standard fucking... Wegmans, Harris Teeter, etc. Um, okay, I, no, neither of those make any sense to me. Yeah, okay. Lidl is like a German brand. Um, gotcha. It, Lidl has a ton. What they do is like they'll have boxes that are imitate, like they imitate other name brand boxes, so they look similar, but they're not. They're, they all say like Lidl on them. 
Um, gotcha. L-I-D-L, if you care to look it up. Um, little, 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 little. But they, their cereal, since it's a German brand, they use, like, EU regulations. So their cereal doesn't have, like, you know, the insane, like, coloring dyes that American cereal has. So we'll get huh. Fruit Loops, and it'll be, like, you know, it'll just kind of be, like, on a, on a um, spectrum from, like, purple to, like, yellowish green. Like, you know, much more natural colors. <laughs> Low um, saturation Fruit Loops. Yeah, let me tell you, it tastes a lot better that way when you're not, <laughs> yeah? like, having weird, you know, yellow, not, not yellow cake, that's uranium. Um, I, I imagine cereal does taste better without uranium in it, too, but, you know. I, I wouldn't know, I've only ever had it with. Yeah, <laughs> it gives it a nice healthy glow. But, I, 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 you know, Fruit Loops, good cereal, get it from Lidl or Aldi, I guess, this is my, yeah. my soapbox right now. <laughs> Thank you, Lidl. Thank, Thank you, Lidl, Lidl, for sponsoring this podcast. <laughs> Please, God. Well, um, cool, Lidl. <laughs> Uh, so, so, Orga's, we cut to Orga, he's thinking, he's, he's, he's mourning, he's mourning, yeah, he remembers Naze's words about, you know, you just want to, you just want to go so fast to your destination, you gotta ignore what happens to me, and just focus on Tekken, focus on you, don't, don't fuck it up, don't do you, but instead, do what's best for your family, take it slow, I think he won't. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, I mean, Orga doesn't know what the fuck slow means. Yeah, uh, and then we get another very cute scene of, this scene of, is... <laughs> I I can't decide how I feel about the Atra baby subplot. It's it's very because the thing is that like the childish way that she is like oh like the way that she views a baby in a way that like a teenager sees babies as like not a human, not a responsible. Like it's funny and realistic. Like I think it, I genuinely do think it's cute. On the other hand, it's terrifying. I don't think Atra. No disrespect to Atra, I love her, but like she's baby. She's That's a whole human. She's baby. Like I think. It's, it's like, yeah, again, I, I feel like she is very insistent about this because she, you know, again, like last week, she wants to have Mika tied down or tie Mika down, whatever. Um, and I, I think she might recognize that like Tekadon's just getting into worse and worse shit and like something's going to happen if she's not able to like pull Mika out of it soon. Mm-hmm. So she's definitely being like more insistent about it than she was. Um, and weirdly enough, Mika's like, okay, cool. Let's do it. Let's it's, have a baby. It's- not to, not to, you know, fucking putting a dollar in the Higurashi references jar, but, like, the way that, like, this has clearly crystallized for her in her head as, like, the one solution. And, um, do you mind if I talk, do you mind if I talk about some Chapter 3 spoilers of yeah, Higurashi? Okay, so, um, Chapter 3 of Higurashi, uh, the, 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 that, that chapter of this, of the eight chapters, uh, Tatori Goroshi, is, t- is about Satoko, the character, the, t- the character Satoko and the abuse that she faces at the hands of her, at, of her uncle, and at one point, maybe a third of the way in the, uh, into the chapter, Keiji latches onto the idea that the only way to save Satoko from her cycle of abuse is to murder her uncle Tepe. <clears throat> and he is just like, this is the only thing. Clearly, this is the right way. That's it. And send it. just like latches onto it and does the damn thing. And I'm, I'm seeing a little bit of that in in Atra here. Granted, a granted murder far less, uh, far more of a you know. <laughs> far more of a morally uh, yeah. questionable decision than having a baby but like I think it's interesting the way that like Atra has just like latched onto this as like her idea of this is what I have to do this is like my this is the role that I can play to save my favorite my, to save my favorite special little guy my five foot something and he's royalty guy yeah my short king my, my short my dork, king my dork king <laughs> my dork king <laughs> Yeah, it, it's this very like naive worldview, but like it, yeah, it does it fit makes sense. for her character. 
No, it totally does. Like, I, I'm, I kind of, I think I sound like I'm, like, down on this for some reason. I just, I like it. I do. It's, it's very misguided in a way that makes a lot of sense for these characters, for their, for their, like, environment, for the fucking allegory of the cave that they live in. Yeah. Like, them, them seeing babies as, like, these, these, like, not seeing a baby as, like, a thing you have as, like, a couple, but as, like, a as like a tool it's it's it makes sense or it's like a thing that just like happens yeah I, I, exactly. I'm, not, I'm not talking about it very clearly i apologize but. no I, I i totally understand what you're saying like it, it, they're not seeing a baby as like a, a a lifelong commitment they're seeing a baby as like almost like a tool like it, it's like a much more utilitarian view of, of of childbirth and parenthood and like one that certainly makes sense given their upbringing you know and, and Autra's Autra's like fucking scrambled after this. Like we cut to yeah, um, I thought her, her, her she had a... in this. I talked about like the the what I talked about like the grander th- like thing of this arc for her, but like the reactions that she has in the scene are so cute. And like Mika's like are, Mika's like, aren't you going to go make some babies? I think it'll be fun if there's a baby on board. And Autra's like, oh, you don't even care who I make babies with. I'm small potatoes. I'm not important. Yeah. And, and Atra's like, uh, I kind of want to make baby with you. And he's like, well, do you want to? And he, yeah. she's like, uh, her head is like bright pink. Her anime events like just start blasting steam. Yeah, they, they, they perk up. And like we cut to her in the mess hall. I thought she had a beer. It'd be really funny if she had just like slam a beer afterwards to calm down. It's like a, it's the thing of chalky milk, which is even better, yeah, I think. That, 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 like uh, fucking Inspector Gadget rolling up to the bar and saying, "Give me a milk." Yeah, M- M- Mika, Mika, here <laughs> he hands her. Here, have a chalky milk because you're epic. <laughs> here, have a chalky milk because you're because you're pregnant. <laughs> because your mommy. Um, Hush walks in and she's like, "Hi, Hush. Can you take care of the laundry and breakfast tomorrow?" Just like and Hush is like, "Oh, you're, you're you're really going through it, huh?" It's nice. He doesn't like complain. He's just like, "Okay, all right, I, I understand." Mm-hmm. Um. Jasly is still here. He's still fucking mad because Tekanon hasn't yep, taken Yep, he's mad the that Tekanon didn't rise to their bait and sock him square in the jaw at the funeral. And he says, well, time to make them angrier. Time to... <clears throat> this fuck... I'm sorry. This fucking sucks. Yeah. Because this is... So what, what happens is, like, oh, it's time to make them angrier. And so we cut to Ozzy and Laughter on Saisei and they're about to, like, head to wherever the hell they're, like, disembarking for. And Laughter... and Or Ozzy is like, oh, I gotta go uh, back to that last store. I forgot to buy something. And Laughter, like, pops into the Build-A-Bear down the street. And she pulls... She picks up, like, oh, a cute little, like, an, a, t- a teddy bear with the eyebrows, like Akihiro. And she's like, oh, it looks like him. I think I'll take this. And then she looks out the window and there's a guy... And there's a gunman and he shoots her, like, five times through the window yeah. and kills her. Um, this fucking sucks. Yeah. Like, I, like, you, you remember that I was, like, I was kind of, like, clamoring for Ozzy and Laughter to die in season one, even. Like, I don't think, I obviously do not think that, like, Laughter or Ozzy or any of the women in the show dying is, like, inherently misogynistic, but the way that she is taken up fucking sucks, and the way that it's, like... It's, it's, you know, she's being fridged, and the fact that the show even basically says, like, oh, let's fridge this, let's kill this woman to make Tekken, I'm so fucking mad. I hate this. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, this just, like, I, this is, this is genuinely still an emotionally affecting scene, like, especially the way that Ozzy reacts when she comes to the scene and, like, sees, La- we don't even see Laughter's body, we just see her getting popped through the outside of the window, and then we see, like, the, the blood-stained teddy bear, and it's, it isn't a very emotionally affecting scene, it's very sudden, but it's, like, it, we she just doesn't get an opportunity to do anything about it. Like she's just, yeah. it's just boom, gone. And it's like, well, okay. Like it, it, she feels like a fucking pawn being moved to further the story along at this point. That, yeah. And it, it really does feel like that. Like I would not have had 
Like, I wouldn't... It, I'm, it's not even that Ozzy getting killed outside of her mobile suit is what I had a problem with. Like, this could have been framed in a way that's like... I, I don't know. This would be this would be like a different story at this point, but like, I don't know. Someone being like, Ozzy is too good of a... Or, uh, Laughter. Sorry, I keep saying Ozzy. Laughter is too good of a pilot. We have to kill her outside of her suit. Like, this is a different story that I'm telling at this point. I'm not saying that this story should have been that, but like, I can think of scenarios in which Laughter dying outside of her suit, not in combat, makes sense, is good for the story, is not this, just killing a woman to make the men mad and it's just really frustrating they do her so dirty yeah it's just it's just like again like what it boils down to for me is just like at this point she's not like a character she's just like a pawn that gets moved to right, set up for right. the next battle she, she has like her character ends she she finishes she has that scene with Hakuhiro. she gives him the squeezy hug and that's where her character ends and the next time she shows up she's just might might as well just be fucking whoever. Like, yeah. it's just... You you have emotional investment in this character. All right, bang, 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 bang. Get her out of here. Yeah, uh, God. Does anyone... I'm trying to remember. Does anyone else, like, die outside of a combat scenario in this series? Uh, I mean, no, I guess the people that... Uh, some of the people that Tekadon kill definitely do. Like, um... Right. The guy Takaki kills, whose name is Escape Radicha, um... Uh, all the guys in, like, the first couple episodes that they kill... Um, but like every most people are just dying in combat scenarios of some capacity, and for laughter mm-hmm. to go out like this, I, I don't know, I can't help but like, Amida's did not make me this mad. Amida's death made sense for me, like, right. but uh, Amida's is like fulfilling her character arc, right? This is so frustrating because like the entire thing for laughter this entire time is like her being toe to toe with Akihiro, and like I know that was them like being parallel to each other so that they could like have that interpersonal relationship that that blossoms into the kind of quasi-romantic relationship that that they have and i really love that but like laughter was a hyper competent pilot like like and for her to just get like i don't know i'm i'm talking in circles about this i just don't fucking like this yeah yeah it's just it's fucking bah. it's and i know i already said this but like the fact that it like literally just like it literally just has Jazzy saying, "Oh, we will kill women to make men angry." <laughs> yeah, like, like them. I I don't know. Is that lampshading? I don't I don't know what that term fucking means. But like, if whatever it is, I, uh, she she deserved better. She did absolutely. I wanted I wanted laughter to go out doing something cool and not getting. Okay, I know. I know I keep harping on this. The fact that she literally just gets killed while shopping for a teddy bear is just so like. It just feels so, it just feels like so much like icing on the cake that's frustrating me. Like, she shop, she gets killed, out, not doing anything, is a pawn, she's shopping, she's shopping for girly things. And like, I love Laughter's girliness. I love how like the first thing we see her doing is like painting her toenails in her cockpit. Like, that's a really fun character thing. I like how bubbly she is and girl, and you know, t- stereotypically girly and also beats the shit out of everyone she comes across. Yeah. And, but it just feels like, I don't know. Her, I, I, I'm just talking in circles. And I'm getting more and more mad as we, as I do. It's just very frustrating to me. Yeah. One of like the one of like the big misses for me here, I think, which is frustrating because like on an emotional level, this really did hit for me. Oh, absolutely, like, yeah. But it's just, it's just, uh, it's you know, it's just. <sighs> yeah. God. Yeah. Um. Leaves us out. I, I really, I. I hate this being the impetus for like the end, the end game of this show. Like not, not the, not the impetus, but like the, the one, the, one of the major pieces of it. Right, right. I just, ugh. it's yeah. just frustrating. And I mean, I, I get it. Like you know, Gundam and women. Like I know how it is. Yeah, it's just, inescapable. Ugh. Yeah, fucking sucks. Know. Yeah. 
Ugh. Um, the, the teddy was cute. The, te- the Akira teddy bear very cute, though. I have yeah, to, like I have they, to say. They, they should sell teddy bears like based on the features of other Gundam characters. I quite like that. They should. I, I want to buy a laughter teddy bear. I want to buy a Char teddy bear. Teddy bear with a little fucking <laughs> stall helm. You can you can probably just put a stall helm on a teddy bear and you'd call I'd it a day. You can do that could. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Be the Char teddy bear you wish to see in the world. Yeah. Um. So, so the yeah, next scene... I... <clears throat> Oh, uh, Tekadon finds out, and it also turns out that Jazzy propositioned McMurdo to take the turbines under his wing, which, like, fucking stay away from them, get a job, fuck you, creeper. Yeah, thankfully, McMurder is like, he, he's wise to Jazzy by now. Like, he's like, fuck yeah. you um, He knows what's going on. You you had, like, a thing in the in Battle Report the other day about this that was, like, throwing up question marks for you. I remember, what was that? Um, oh, oh, the main thing, no, the, 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 the I think the main thing was, like, McMurdo not letting them pilot, considering he knew that Jassy was up to all of this. But but you you replied to it quite well and basically saying like yeah, but like McMurdo knew that Jassy was up to it, but he didn't really have proof, and like it would have been just like more red tape than it was worth to like let the girls continue to pilot and have to like con- consistently explain that oh my second in command actually planted all this like fake evidence against them, so they're not actually an illegal organization. It's just like it's it's more trouble than it'd be worth to just like let the girls pilot suits. Uh, I don't think that was me that was replied that a, to that. I I almost oh, let me see. Was it might have been Colin? Uh, 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 oh, here we have a long fucking conversation about people assassinating my character over my fucking Pikachu rankings. Hold on, gotta go <laughs> up a little bit more. <clears throat> just control, just control F for the word misogynistic. That'll bring you to the, the yeah around there. <laughs> oh, I guess I'm okay. Let's see. Um, a lot of Jassly content yesterday. Um. Yeah, I no, I said it was extremely weird that McMurder tells the Terpenes girls that they won't be allowed to pilot suits anymore after being a part of a legal organization when he knows it was Eok and Jazzy who set them up and knows that Nazi and the Turpins didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right, it was Colin. They said, yeah. I would assume it's probably easier to simply sweep it under the rug than to go through the political risk of bringing up the dead son of a seven-star up on charges. That's right. That's correct. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, But Tekadon's fucking pissed. Like, they're ready to, like, cut ties with Tewaz, go to fighting. Um... Orga skates McGillis about this because, you know, me know McGillis is like close enough to Eok that he knows that Eok is involved in this as well. Um, but like they know like they're at the precipice here and like they're all willing to jump down it together. And the only yeah. person they can ally with now is, is McGillis. Yeah. Deal the the line of with, the line of we're just back to being stray dogs again. Will these stray dogs still be of use to you? Uh, and Orga says we will not betray you and McGillis makes smug face about it. I mean, tellingly, tellingly enough, McGillis also, like, he, he makes the exact same promise on the same level. He's like, I will not betray you either. Like, mm-hmm. it's... it's <laughs> red, red flag, the shark clone said he wouldn't betray anyone. <laughs> I'm eating cereal and saying, I will believe... Ch- I am... <laughs> I, will, I will believe a heart... Ch- I will believe a heart's enable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's also, there's like a really, there's a really weird cutaway earlier when, um, Orga, when like Tekadon is just like upset about, um, you know, uh, about laughter dying. Like Ozzy has taken ill because her, her girlfriend laughter died as well. Um, we cut to Jazzly and he's like, oh, you have to, you, you respect women. Well, go ahead and go to war for them. You're doing anything for women. <laughs> it's laughable. It's just what? Yeah. I, I. I don't disbelieve this coming from Jazzly. I just, it just feels kind of like, all right. I, I'm just kind of like, all right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, uh, 
uh, is that Waka Flocka? In that video? Was, yeah, Waka Flocka going. Walk- okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> hell yeah, this goes. Hell yeah, this goes high as hell. I look <laughs> like big dick all all month, day, week, month, year, decade, <laughs> century. Century. <laughs> I love. <laughs> I love big mobile suits. Okay. J A S L E Y S Q U A D. I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the last little last little bit of this episode is just Mika and Orga looking at new Barbatos. It's the, the Barbatos Lupus Rex. Uh, mm-hmm. It has big fuck off golden claws. Now the arms are like as long as its legs are. It's very bestial, very animalistic. And you know it's cool because it has the fucking Rex suffix, so it's now yes. king. It's puppy. Is puppy? Um, and Orga M- Mika asks Orga like how far he should take this. Mika, like, Mika kind of pup. Mika kind of puppy pilled, if you ask me. A little bit. I'm but thinking Mika furry truther here. I'm just. I. I I'm just. I'm just saying. I, 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 he I'm has phantom saying. pain for for a tail. Yeah, he has he has a phantom tail. Like he he's saying shit that like would have been on like uh like those troll blogs in the early Tumblr days that would like be making fun of other kin by being like, Oh, my phantom Yeah whatever. Those 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 blogs. Are you are you familiar? Uh, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Great yeah. great time on the internet. Yeah, tremendous. What a <laughs> wild west. Um yeah. But yeah, Mika asks Orga how far he should go with this battle, and Orga's like, take it to the end. Like, crush, crush them, them to the all. very last bit. Do it until there's nothing left but dust. Oh, I love to hear it from the boss of the entire organization. Great, great stuff. Great stuff. Great stuff. Going great. Stuff. great. Uh, next episode, though. Episode 42. Settlement. Takadon, enraged by the murder of their bestie Laughter, engages with JTS in combat. JTS gets absolutely mollywopped, and after failing to negotiate with both Tewaz and Tekadon, Mikazuki in Barbatos clubs the shit out of JTS's main ship's bridge, killing Jazzly and all his cronies. Shortly after their battle, they turn off they turn on the TV and find out that McGillis's unit is engaging in an uprising against the rest of the corrupt Gellerhorn. While watching, Orga confirms to his men that Gellerhorn's goal and Tekadon's are one and the same. Yeah, it's a uh, Gellerhorn again. Rise up. Deal with the devil shit. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Uh, so like, fucking, we learned the Tekadon's cutting ties with Admos Company too. It, it very much yeah, is that's like the, a, that's, that, that's like the cold open for the episode. It's like we 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 start with with um, Meribit in uh, uh, Kudelia's office. Yep, and she's just like. I, I get why the show went this way. I kind of wish I'd gotten more Cudelia in this season. She just feels a bit disentangled from she, the rest of the she's show. She's more of a season one character than a season two. Character. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's what the that's the long and short of it. Really, but like she she's just, too you know. she's too important to the plot to like not show up in season two at all. So it's like this weird right. middle ground. Right. Um, she, so Meredith's talking to her, and right. she 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 goes to her internet browser and types in twitch.tv slash Gallarhorn official. <laughs> Uh, Gallhorn's beginning a live stream. We don't really see exactly what it's about yet. Yeah, they're the they're they're gonna they're gonna show the bite of eighty seven. Yeah, <laughs> Markiplier moments. Um, Markiplier moments. <laughs> McGill's yeah. coming up there and just like, oh, okay, Bulbasaur, pass. Yeah, Ivysaur, pass. Venusaur, smash. Mega Venusaur, smash. <laughs> Barbatos, smash. Gusion, smash. <laughs> Gusion remake, full city, big smash. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, so we get the opening and then we cut. The episode begins like, boom. Oh, we're in the battle. Do you notice the name of Jasley's ship also? Um, the Hugo? It's called, no, no, no. Okay, no. So so the mobile suits he uses are the Hugos. But okay. his ship, like his, like, like the flagship he's in is called the Golden Jasley. <laughs> it's so goddamn funny. I love that shit. <laughs> All right, the golden all right. That that is some like Jazzly has kind of frustrated me in con- like because the the two big heels this season have been him and Eok, and Eok yeah. is like a fun and well booked heel to me. Um, Jazzly has just been kind of like nothing compared to Eok. That is an ego mode from Jazzly's that I love. Yeah, like because Eok would never do that. He would name his ship like Honorable Justice. <laughs> yeah, J- Jazzly's is just the Golden Jazzly. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm hopping. <laughs> I'm hopping in my fucking 2011 Chevrolet Malibu. It's the it's the golden it's the golden tigers. <laughs> yeah, you know, collecting all the Jasleys in the level is hard enough, but getting the golden Jasley after you beat the Ooh, game is real difficult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want a mod for Celeste that replaces the strawberries with Jasley's fucking face. It's just like the fucking. <laughs> it's just this like fucking Doom guy in the bottom corner with the health bar. <laughs> In Doom One, it's <laughs> doing Dreamworks face, looking left and right. Yeah, oh, he God. does. Look, he does look like Doom guy, doesn't he? A little bit. <laughs> oh, Christ, uh, so Tekadon is beating ass in this battle. Absolutely. Uh, um, we, Mika streaks in like Pikachu doing Quick Attack and Smash Bros, and it's always fucking sick when he does that. Yeah, we see Lupus Rex in action, and like. As if the claws weren't enough, he has a, a, a fuck-off mace that is, like, bigger than most mobile suits on the battlefield. Bigger than um, before. Bigger than before. And then also, so the tail is specifically the tail from the Hashimoto. They, like, over. cut it off and recovered yep. it and, like, slapped it onto Barbatos. And now it's just, like, Mika has another limb. It fucking rules. Yep. And he beats ass with it. Oh, he it oh kicks ass! It makes the same like kind of like weird worming wiggly noises. Yeah, um, Jazzly Jazzly Squad is getting well. Yeah, we get like a little montage of all the the MS pilots, including Derma Derma nine eight five. Derma nine eight five is returned. <laughs> that was the one whose name I couldn't fucking remember. But like the last three times I tried to mention him. Mm-hmm. How could I forget Derma nine eight five? Dante is here also. Dante character that we know, character that we know a lot about and love. Dante. He's all, literally all we know about Dante is that he's good at hacking because he did yeah. it in one episode. <laughs> yeah, I. Ugh. I mean, I we get a lot out of a lot of characters in the show. I just like I kind of like, and if if honestly, if like if Chad and Dante were elevated to the status of like actually having character about them, then I would be saying this about like. I don't know, uh, Dane and Zach or something. Mm. But, like, I wish we got more out of Chad and Dante. Though I guess we did get Chad going, Pock, fuck Madonna? Yeah, well, we had Chad going, Pock, fuck Madonna, and also Chad going, get down, yeah. Mr. President. Yeah, Chad did Chad did go get down, Mr. President, and then go off screen for three episodes because he was in he was in the Lazarus pit. <laughs> he saved an old man's life and then got confused because the resident mill for the ship is, is fucking another man. So that's his whole yeah. arc right there. <laughs> He's having a great uh. time, honestly. Yeah, Dante um, though he he could use a little bit, a little bit of yeah, action yeah. screen time. 
I, I could I could I could go for more Dane. I could go for more like more more of the I could go for more we get a little bit of Zach in this. We get some Zach. We, we get we <laughs> every time Zach shows up, he's just like you are wildly unfamiliar with how this entire private military corporation works, aren't you? <laughs> right? He just seems like a normal guy who wandered off the streets and is like, wow, this is all fun. Y'all are child soldiers? What the fuck? He just Wait, seems like you a no- kill people for money? <laughs> he sounds like a perfectly normal, well-adjusted guy who does not know how he got here. Exactly. <laughs> guy um, in the Smash Ultimate bracket who tried, who thought he was registering for Melee. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, y'all don't, y'all don't, y'all don't, y'all don't have like let's go priority. Wait, wait, yeah. we're, how do wait, I we're wait not, we're not, we're not, we're not doing RPS report priority. We're not. What the <laughs> fuck am I? Ah, shit. <laughs> uh, so Eok's like a no show. Jassy was promised that Eok would show up for him, but you know yep. he's not. So Jassy has to yep. work alone. And we, again, we like I mentioned later, before, we find out later that Eok is like in like not solitary confinement, but he's like he is like confined. He's like painting in like a calm room. <laughs> Yeah, just, he he got put in timeout. Yeah, he's just chilling. He's doing his little macaroni art. <laughs> he's, he's fucking finger painting. Yeah, he's drawing like a big happy sun with sunglasses, like him and Mr. Rustle and Miss Julietta all standing together and being happy. <laughs> oh god, that's good. Um, <clears throat> so we, we Jasley sends out all of his human debris. Uh, they, it's like. Uh, it's we've seen it before where human to be oh, we also we, we also um sorry we also hear about uh hush's new suit the hekija the hekija yeah i think the hekija they say like it was one of the suits that the um that, from the, ter- the terrible use yeah. so they're like don't fuck it up but you know he's like really happy don't about post it. Gets, cringe like, in that suit do not post cringe hush i know your name is mid but you need to be high tier right now uh <laughs> But, but the battle's going great. Like, we get the whole beat of sending out the human debris who will fight harder than anyone else because they can't surrender. But, like, at this point, like, it, it just is a reiteration of, like, all of the characters, even the ones who used to be human debris, are killing them without a second thought because, like, it, you know, you kill or be killed in this battlefield. Right. It's skate or die. You skate or you die. Yeah. And this is when Zach, because, like, we, we cut to the hangar when, like, some of the pilots are refueling and getting their snackies. And Zach is like, why are they so headed, cool-headed about killing people? like i don't know zach why do you think yeah war dude war war dude it's hell famously <laughs> right have you not played have you not played critically acclaimed game fallout 3 or fallout new vegas <laughs> i mean i haven't but you know that's that's my personal problem yes i mean there's other games you play yeah, celeste I, so the, the 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 problem that i always run into with um the the problem that i always run into with like Bethesda open world games in general, and I know, I know, New Vegas was not who, who made who made New Vegas. It wasn't it was Bethesda, Obsidian. It was um, Obsidian? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> is that I just have like go straight for the marker brain, um, yeah. which in Skyrim that just kind of means that you have to like you kind of have to like hop over a mountain, which is like that's fine. Yeah, you in, see that mountain, you can climb it. <laughs> yeah, in New Vegas you just run straight into Death Claws, and I'm just like, well, I guess I can take the road. This fucking sucks. Yeah, it's much more hostile to to. To aimless exploration, huh? Yeah, I, I, I genuinely like. I've talked about this with with friend of the pod Sam that like sometime I want to do a stream where it's like I just have someone backseat gaming me because like one of the things that like made me actually realize something I was doing wrong in Skyrim is like I was playing Skyrim at my friend Caradwin's house and Caradwin, <clears throat> my dear, I, I was just complaining like Ugh, I hate it how I like have to just like fucking hop over this mountain and Caradwin like points like tells me like he's like look down on the ground in the game there is a footpath for you to go on. <laughs> Yeah. And I just, I need someone to be there in the backseat to just, like, beat that into me. Yeah. Yeah. This is how I, this is how I will enjoy Fallout New Vegas. 
Good game, though. Yeah, I'm told. Um, but, but yeah, Akihiro is also fucking pissed. He he says he's done being decent after he remembers Galen's words to him and just like, you know, smashing human debris left and right. And he, he yep. asked Masahiro and Aston and laughter in his head to forgive him for all this. Yeah, if we're born again and reunite, let me apologize to you then. <laughs> Would you guys still like me if I was reincarnated as a worm? <laughs> I would just like a worm with like really angry eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that that one that one gif of like Rilakkuma slamming their head on the table and getting the pink eyebrows. Yes, <laughs> that's <laughs> a, that's Akihiro's that's Akihiro's morning care routine. Yes. Oh oh, speaking of Akihiro, sorry, there was there was a joke that I meant to uh, mm. uh, that I meant to make at the end of the last episode because we see like Akihiro in like the busted down like workout gym that he's always in. Yeah. Because he like blew it all up in an act of rage, and I'm just imagining like like <laughs> Akihiro in the aftermath of his hu- of his squeeze hug with laughter. He was doing that fucking left handed comics. That's like I'm gonna get so good at hugging. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then and then he get, and then he gets the news and just like like throws everything into a yeah, just into trashes a fucking, it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So back to the back to the current episode. We jump to the Gallarhorn repair bay and we see the red the red haired Gallarhorn mechanic Miss Yamazin. Who we, we have a name. For. Barely a character, but I'm wifing. Mm-hmm. So true. Um, Juliet is sad that she lost, despite how epic her machine is. Um, and uh, Yamazin is like, well, if you want to become stronger, you might have to give on b- up with being human. The human body is fail. If you want to be truly goaded with the sauce, you have to give up on it. You have to throw something away to fight equally with the devil. And, and then she very cryptically says, I know some people who fight that way. And I'm just like, in the background, who are you talking about? Is he purple? You talking about Garma? As he wore a mask. You're playing, fucking, you're playing fucking Guess Who, but the only character on the board is Vidar. No, it's a fucking... I want to Guess Who board, but it's every Shark clone from every Gundam yes! series. Is, is he blonde? Yes. Fuck. Fuck. Is he duplicitous? Yes. Okay, can't put anything down. Shit. God. It's like the opposite. Really. Anytime you got like a blonde or someone with blue eyes in, in Guess Who, you're like, fuck. This is a, Everyone always asks for blue eyes first because it's such yeah. a gimme question. Yeah. Um, on, 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 we cut from that to Jastly's bridge. Like his boys are finally convincing him. It's like, Hey, I think this fight might be going not well. I my think man. we're getting our asses fucking trounced. <laughs> They're fucking our pussies, Jastly. They're fucking our pussies, Jastly. Uh, they convince him to like try and apologize to McMurder. And he finally does. And McMurder's like, ha ha, get fucked. Like, I Apologies know he's polishing a sword. Yeah. It's, it's, it, he's just like, does it? tries to do imposing shit whenever Edwin walks in, like, polishing a sword, like, snipping bonsai threateningly. Yeah. Such a weird character. Yeah, he's... Yeah. It's like, he he says, Eok isn't coming to the phone right now. Why? Because he made a deal with Rustle. Yeah, he he made a deal with Rustle to go to playtime, make his macaroni arts. Yeah, and and he's like, also, Tekadon's not a part of Tewaz either, so I can't stop him. Uh, Good luck out there, homie. Bye-bye, honey. Bye, honey. Um, and then we get a POV of a kid eating crushed Nakahiro's wrench, which is just that's. I like I like the battle scissors. It's pretty. The cool battle weapon. scissors are epic, but just seeing a kid get scrunched in them is just very. Oh. Yeah, it's just like okay, we get it. He feels bad about killing human debris. Yeah, I don't gotta see it. Yeah, well, uh, no, I, I guess from that angle, I do appreciate. I do appreciate seeing it. Like it does, like. Add some like weight to what Akihiro is doing, and not making so that he's just like crunching a machine. Yeah, okay, that's true. Yeah, there's a little, there's a little. I, guy it makes there. it makes it makes me upset to see, but like from a storytelling perspective, I don't dislike it. Sure. Yeah. Okay. But like um, personally, I'm like, oh, that poor guy got that poor guy got gooshed. Yeah. Uh, Jastly starts getting incredibly fucking angry though, because like he Regular knows he's man. losing. Yep. He's like, 
he goes off on Tekadon. They're inhuman rats. They're nothing to him. Um, and like Tekadon just very coolly. He's doing the fucking Stephen A. Smith rant. Yeah, and and then like Tekadon makes like Saitama face going okay. Yeah, yeah. He's like he does fucking he he does he he's like fucking fucking. Like, Tekadon can't play. No disrespect whatsoever, but I'm sorry to come to tell everybody the truth. They cannot play the game of mobile suits. They have small, they have small mobile suits. They cannot catch the, they cannot catch the energy swords. They got bad feet. They can't move. Even though they're mobile, they don't really know what they're doing. Yeah. This man cannot play. (laughs) (laughs) Jastly, like, ends up calling Orga to try and, um... Beg. Beg. And Orga, it's so good in the dub. Johnny Young botches a great job just going... What's going on, Jasly? Just like so <laughs> fucking cool. What's up, buddy? What's up, homie? How's it going? <laughs> Having um, fun over there? <laughs> yeah. And like, how's Orga's your, just so fucking. Your, yeah. How's your Sodier going? Pretty good, it doesn't seem. Yeah. <laughs> Final damn ass. <laughs> yeah. Like, Orga says, you know, I only answered the call so I could see you beg for your life, but that's not even as fun as I thought it would right, be. Right. It's not. This is less fun than I thought. And like we've all, we've all been there. We spend sixty dollars on a new video game, and it's like this is a thirty-five dollar experience at best. God, what was the worst? Like the thing you regret most? Worst game I bought at full price. Yeah. Honestly, Fire Emblem Fates might be up there. That's a pretty good one. I mean, forty dollars like, for a three DS game is a bit easier to swallow, though. Yeah, it's not that bad financially. But the thing that I that you need to understand is that like. I know I've I know I've been over this a lot in various discords, and I'm sure you've heard me make these points before. But like, you know me, Max. You you you've seen my pinned tweet. You know the things that I, you know the thing. You That's, know my yeah yeah things. yeah yeah. The one of the things that I went through all of Awakening thinking is like, man, I wish I had a player character that could either be a um, what's the dragon people? I can't remember what it's called. Manakeet. Manakat or a Tagwell. Like, I really wanted a player character to be that. And then the next one, it's like, good news, your player character turned into a dragon multiple times in battle. You love it. And I'm like, I don't think I love it, actually. <laughs> Despite yeah, everything it, you have given me, I don't it's, think it's, I love it. <laughs> wishing on the monkey's paw for a cool transforming MC. Yeah, yeah. That game, fucking Fates is wild. My, <laughs> my, <laughs> Jesus Christ. My answer is much more cringe and fail. It was Jump Force. <laughs> Jump Force not... Yeah, I, um, I just wanted to play as Yu-Gi-Oh, Sarah. It wasn't yeah. worth it. Honestly, speaking in terms of like, no, this I'm not saying this is a bad game. I'm just saying like I did not really get anything out of it. Like a mistake of a purchase for me was probably like Monster Hunter. What was the second most recent one? Not the mo- not the Switch one. The one before that. World. World. Yeah, Monster Hunter World. I I I didn't play a ton of Rise, but I felt like I got some fun out of it. Um, yeah, you. I think more- you got the high rank. I I did not. No, I got to the fucking I I got the first fucking like Bloons Tower defense thing and I was like, "Oh, this is fucking awful." Uh, and like I did, <laughs> I did not I, I genuinely have not played since since that point. Like I finished that and I was like, "Wow, this is fucking terrible. I'm quitting for the day." And then I haven't played since. Mm-hmm. Um but uh Monster Hunter World, I just like I couldn't get anything in. It was just like $60 flush. Yeah, fair enough. Hey, I mean, like Monster Hunter is like my favorite franchise, but I understand it's also just like her, it's like dense as a fruitcake that game yeah yeah a lot going on um speaking of a lot going I, I feel, on I feel, god hmm. i feel like there's like an i feel like there's a more cringe answer for this but i oh uh, you know, actually no i know what it is mm. this is a this is another answer that's gonna hurt you physically i think oh great yes 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 good 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 i bought a new nintendo 3ds just to play xenoblade chronicles <clears throat> okay so that's fine here's the thing like i i've been a fucking xeno evangelist for s- several years now 
mm-hmm. and I, I played the game on 3DS. I played it on all of the things it came out on. I recognize that's a fucking hard. It's it's a hard game to sell anyway, just because there's like a wealth of mechanics and just like so like a hundred quests at once. But I, like, yeah, playing on fucking 144p when the characters' faces look like a fucking thumbprint smudge. They look I get so. It. <laughs> They look. They looked bad. It didn't. Contr- I, I. I liked the gameplay. Honestly, like I liked like the the single player MMO feel of it. Yeah. I just like. Ugh. Yeah. I. 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 I dipped when that when the when like the one girl character got iced in like the first five hours or so of the game, and I was like, well, I'm sure there are other cool girls in this game, but I just I'm feeling a little bit like maybe I'll come back to this in a bit, and then I didn't. Yeah. But um, one of my math, I, I expressed this thought to one of my professors um this before one of her before her final exam this year because I was just, like in her office shooting the shit because like she does not believe in last minute studying but she does believe in last minute just like talking about shit. Sure. And she was like, you need to play, you need to actually go play that game because like there are other great women characters. I know I get why that stings, but you know you should definitely go back and play that. Which is like it's very funny that I have like a gamer math professor. <laughs> she that rules. rules actually. Like <laughs> she she's it's, like it's... Uh, she has like a bunch of Zelda posters on her office walls like. I have a bunch of Zelda posters on my office walls, too. Yeah. And a Shulk poster. I'm looking at my friend Shulk Xenoblade. Actually, it's funny. Shulk's like the only character who actually has a last name. His last name is Stoss. Huh. She also um she also finished um uh Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne. Or wait, no, Nocturne's three. Well, Nocturne's she finished, three. She finished five. She she five. finished five, which is just I don't like a recent that's a recent game. Yeah, no, she's a gamer. She's she is a oh, gamer. Yeah. Math respect. <laughs> yeah, math, she like math respect. Yeah, she she played like Tokyo Mirage sessions. She like lo- she played all of the houses houses and three houses. Like, oh God, God's strongest soldier, Jesus. She 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 is a gamer and she has two kids. Fuck yeah, she's Fuck getting yeah. Them into, she's getting them into Pokemon. Good, good. <laughs> yeah, I gotta good. set those seeds early. Yeah, I gotta set those leaf seeds early. Anyways, um, anyways, uh, Mika is on the bridge in front of Jasly. Mm-hmm. This and, scene fucking rules because, like, because we've got like the the because the dis- the display is set up so that it's like the the glass screen that lets J- JTS like view the outside of their ship of the Golden yeah. Jasley, um, is like where the screen is, and like Orga's like basically like signs their death warrant, and as soon as that happens, like Mika like lands on the bridge right in front of this window. It's fucking sick as hell. Yeah, and he just completely, like, and Jackie is, like, reduced to a state. He is, like, begging, groveling for his life right now. Uh-huh. And Mika just turns him into fucking jelly, just completely crunches him. Absolutely liquefied. Just brutal. It's, it, it is, of, like, all the deaths in IBO, his is very satisfying. Yeah, definitely. Just like, all right, get goosed, homie. Get goosed. Uh, and then Gallarhorn... Or, or, sorry, like, Tekken on Leadership is, like, uh, regrouped later, and they're talking about, you know, is their last gift to the Turbans, you know, which mm-hmm. is fitting enough, killing the guy who kind of got them all in that mess in the first place. Uh, we get the Gallarhorn livestream going on, and this is a turn that I think it caught me off guard originally when I first watched the show, because it's, like, McGillis's faction within Gallarhorn announcing this, like, takeover reformation type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's, like, the reveal, Galen Moss was working with Russell Elion, Iak Kujan set up the Turbines, just, like, fuck you, just... And it's just so fucking telling that McGill's is like, this isn't the Gallarhorn that I know. So he still wants to be a part of this weird fascist cop organization, but he wants it to be reformed and different. Right. And I think that's like, I don't know. That's, uh, where, where are you coming down on that? I'm curious. Because I, I, I have an opinion formed, but I'm trying to decide what you, what, how, you, how to take what you just said. It, 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 it's just like, 
he believes so strongly in like not just Galhorn, but just like the concept of like you know this like big organization as well. Exactly, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. He just thinks that he just thinks that there needs to be like someone smarter at the helm, which is like that makes perfect that makes perfect sense with the character. And I I think that that's like. You know, this is like a, a bit of a con. This feels like maybe it fail. Maybe it fucks the landing on this or something. But this feels like a condemnation of this attitude, where it's like, like the power that you seek to complete these kinds of reforms is a power that like no one can seek without corruption. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, admittedly, a lot, a lot of me falling this way on this is is in regard to just, like McGillis's character as a whole. The more you look at it, and the more this revealed about it, the more you're like, oh, ah, as yeah. we discussed in the third episode. But like. I mean, the, the point is that he's a scumbag. Like, yeah, he he is a like you know everyone who wants to reform the system from within, even on a radical level, like what McGillis is refor- is proposing. Like, you don't want to reform the system; you just want to be on top of it. Exactly. Yeah, it's 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 like he he views it as reformation, but it's just like a change of the status quo, really. Yeah. 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 I think um, it's I, I think it's good. I think McGillis is like a really. I I genuinely feel like McGillis is a well realized like kind of guy who like seems like kind of quasi-revolutionary within the government but like in terms of the grand scheme of things he's just like you know different nameplate on the yeah fucking, he's just a guy the, you know different 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 person in the fascist in the fascist head chair yeah just just another page in the history books yeah um we, we get a scene of maribet talking to kudelia and Kudelia's like or, or maribet says she's still a tewa's employee like she hasn't quit like she's not really allied with tekadon anymore but she like wants to stick around them anyway just because like or, or i'm sorry She's still a Tewa's employee. I think she's, like, allowed to still work at Tewa's, even though she's still with Tekadon, because, like, she wants to stick around the kids, and obviously Yuki Nojo's there, and uh-huh. it's just, like, you know, th- this instinct of hers to just, like, keep them all in line. Again, it's just kind of the whole Maribit is, in, is their, all of their mother together. Yeah, it's... She talks about, like, feeling powerless with the children, which is kind of... I know we beat this one to death in the season yeah. one finale. I do not I do not want to reiterate that, but, like, we're still on this shit. Yeah, I just like come on, Maribit, talk about something else. Like, like I, I like the, I like the part, I like the other parts of the scene where she talks about like she thinks that she, despite that, she still thinks there is something she can do for them as an adult. I don't like this framing of her as like the ship's mother, which she basically is. But uh-huh. she also mentioned there's a person dear to her there, also like who is Yukinojo, and like I don't know the way Yukinojo is presented and in, in, in reference to the rest of the Tekadon crew as opposed to how Maribit is presented feels like worlds apart, and it frustrates me a little bit. Like, like. I understand it on paper because Yuki Nojo has like this most direct role with Tekadon because he's the guy fixing up like the the very mechanism they used to get all right. their power. But like and like we know that he's not gonna quit. But it's just it's just like this weird disconnect with like how just completely powerless Maribit is in everything regarding this. I like Maribit. I'm let down by what she gets to do in this show. Like Yeah. I, I what 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 has she done like genuinely like genuinely and truly i'm sitting here thinking to myself like what has maribit actually materially done like she has been helpless to stop the kids in edmonton at the end of season one mm-hmm. she feels helpless now she's the one delivering this message to kudelia so she is helping out around with things um yeah like i i can't even like point like is she keeping their books straight no that's dexter that's fucking that's dexter dexter, Col- dexter calculator dexter calculator <laughs> What gets me about all this, too, is that literally the next thing that happens in this scene is such a better representation of all this. Because Kudelia kind of, like, like because Maribit leaves and, like, Kukubit is talking to Kudelia. And Kudelia is like, 
really sad and, and torn up because she's like, I thought I was a part of Tekadon family too, but like they're just kind of cutting me off. And like that's such a much more concise way of going about this where it's like, I, I guess because Kudelia's character hasn't been like beaten to death at this point. So when she does like have to reckon with the fact that like the kids are going down a path she can't follow, she's just like really fucking sad about it and can't do a single thing. But like right. the show's not being like, Kudelia is really sad and can't do a single thing, and we haven't been seeing that like ten times by now. Yeah, granted, we did. I did have some similar complaints about what Kudelia was doing at the start of the show, where she like had to realize a bunch of these things over and over mm-hmm. again. But like, they did eventually like get there. Like she did. Yeah, she had more than Maribit did. Yeah, but like, where where is Maribit's character go? Like, I know she's a minor character, but it's just like where where is she going? Like, is her? I I don't know. I just feel like like. And this show, in a show of, like, women that are actually, like, really well-actualized, Maribet just feels so flat in a way that I'm really right. disappointed with. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there, there's still time to tie everything up. Yeah, there's still, there's still what, seven episodes left after the end of this one? Seven. Yeah. yeah. Seven. So maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe she'll get something in the next batch of episodes that I'll have to eat my words, and I'll be I'll be happy to eat my words on this. Oh yeah, like, this absolutely. Is, <clears throat> so many of the complaints I have with the show are like, I will be happy to eat my words if I am wrong about this, but yeah. <clears throat> Uh, so the last couple bits we get is like Eugene um, asking Orga what McGillis's objective is, and if Technon's is the same as his, and Orga's like, "Yeah, we're heading there together to become sovereign of Mars." So they're like fully allies now. They're like in it, in it to win it. Really. Um, do you think, do you, Max? Do you ever think about the fact that Eugene is pronounced the same way that like the Japanese word for uh, one of the Japanese words for one of the ways to say friend in Japanese is Eugene? Whoa, Eugene friend. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, Eugene. Eugene, Eugene, a f- yeah, a, f- a familiar, friendly person, a, a polite way of saying friend. I al- I always look at Eugene and I think that's a familiar, friendly person. <laughs> that is that is, that is my special little guy. <laughs> what a good blorbo he is. Yeah, um, God, what, a, what and what a what a blorbo he is. What a blorbo. Uh, I'm I'm, st- and- I'm still waiting on those Eugene seven star car- car- cat cat boy cat ear edits. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to take Otter's hair vents. Yeah, uh, yes, please. <laughs> And the very last bit is, again, what we talked about before uh, of Mika talking to Orga about it, him feeling weird having a tail. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, like says, both... he says uh, so much to the point that I can't believe I never had a tail. Yeah. It's like much to think about, you, Mika. Uh, and they both know that Nazi would just be really fucking mad about the path they're going down. And all and Orga's like, all I just want is to be able to get to the place we're going and all laugh together. Okay. Max, now that now that we're on now that we're, now that I've broached the furry topic, I'm I'm curious. I feel like I've asked this of you before, but definitely never on the air. If you had a fursona, what species would it be? Um, see, you can't you can't have a like it, when I say fursona, it does not have to have fur, so it can be like you know sure, a bird sure, sure. or a bug or something. Like, like it lizard. honestly probably would be a bug. Yeah, because it would be a bug or like maybe a vulture or something. Because like Ooh. I've 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 never hugely been like. <laughs> What the fuck am I saying? A mammal fan. Like, all of my... Fa- <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that term means. But, like, all of my favorite Jimmy. animals... I, I Objection, feel like Objection I, Jimmy. Okay, but he's he's not even... A, he's just my little guy. He's, yeah, he, he he's transcends just, species. Yeah. <laughs> he's just my little guy. Um, But, like, I, I feel like I just gravitate more towards, like, weirder animals. And, you know, sure. like vultures and, and, and beetles. So I think it'd be something like that. Like, honestly, I think a vulture fursona would be fucking badass. That would be, that would fucking roll. Yeah. No, I mean, all of my fursona, like, excluding, excluding Ricky the Torkoal, like, all of my fursonas are pretty stamp bog standard. It's like, there's a white tiger, there's a mm-hmm. highland cow, there's a bear, 
I do love Highland cows. We Katie and I there, call them Jimmys. There's a there's a singular there is a singular art I have of hyena, which I want more of. But you more know, of. Money. it's good art of hyena though. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess I guess yeah, Ricky the Torkoal definitely my most my most out God. there. R- r- truly iconic Sarah moment. It's it's Ricky. it's a Ricky it's a Ricky summer baby. It's Ricky summer. We're always saying this. Yeah. Um. Will but you yeah, want to so- talk about talk about final episode this week? Yeah, let's talk about the final episode of this week. Let's talk some bullshit. Episode 43. Revealed intentions. McGillis' faction has begun its revolt on Gallarhorn. With Mika's help, they have taken over Vinyolf so McGillis can reach his true goal, Gundam Bile. As a child, he learned of the power and authority this suit stood for and desired nothing more than to use this power to establish order and control. When McGillis reaches Bile's hangar, Vidar Kool-Aid mans his way in and finally reveals himself as Gileo Baldwin. Q gasps from the crowd. Uh, Mika attacks him, but Gileo activates the Alaya Vinyana Type E, powered by Ayn Dalton's remains, to turn the tide and escape this battle. McGillis reveals Gundam Bile to the world, stating victory and control over Gyalhorn is his, but Gileo hacks into the transmission, vowing to kill the traitor McGillis. Um, aside from the one glaring issue that we will talk about, yeah. this episode fucking firing on all cylinders. I cannot yeah. explain how fucking hard I popped when I heard Ayn Dalton's name again. It's so good, it almost distracts you. Okay, look. Th- well, part of the reason I was having my fucking character assassinated in my very own Discord the other day... Is, is because, because you said Pikachu talk- was, was, bought, was the worst of the Pika clones, which... I will agree with you. With there is like, like I, I, I know we, I know we joke about Deden being racist, but like I think I just think Deden is a funny little guy. Pikachu no, that's is. That's the thing. P- P- every every further Pika clone is a more interesting play on the concept of Pikachu than Pikachu itself is. I think opinion. I would. I think I would argue with you that I might put Plusle and Minin b- below, but like if if I'm evaluating them as singular, as p- like Plusle is worse than Pikachu, Minin is worse than Pikachu. But, but together as, they're a unit. As a pair, do not separate. Better. Do than not Pikachu. separate. They're a magnet. Um, but but the other reason I was being having my character assassinated, I think Gundam Bale. I don't give a shit about this thing. This thing looks like shit to me. I like this. This thing looks fucking. This thing looks epic. We'll see more of it. It just, it looks like a dog that got stung by a bee. It looks weirdly bulbous in like the wrong ways. Not like Gucian original was, where it was like a cool fucking frog. It's just like it, it has these weird here. I'll show you an image of like Gunpla of it. Um, I'm, look, I'm looking at Gunpla. I'm looking at Gunpla of it. It kind of honestly, it looks like fucking like white obelisk the tormentor a little bit. It, I don't like its weird shoes. It looks like it's wearing. Oh, its like, weird it, shoes are epic. Ah, oh, see, and and the I don't the swords again. It's just like a lot of things about it. I, I guess are things that like I similarly would see in different mobile suits that I would like. There's something about Bael. I, I do like the fact that swords are gold. That's cool. Um. The head, it's it's like maybe it's this is the way the gun plug portray it, but like the the it's not a V fin, it's like a hammerhead shark type thing on the top of his head. Yeah, I love it. It doesn't. It never looks sharp enough. It never looks imposing enough. It looks just kind of like these weird like droopy antenna almost. I, I wish. I wish it. I wish it did look a little bit more intimidating for what it is supposed to be. Like yeah. like like I I I think that I really like this design. Um, I would like it a lot more if this was not like this is clearly like sized up to be like this is an end game boss of like this is some this is some like fucking horror. Like what what was Ein's suit called like at the end of the se- it, it first was season? The, the, the great it was Gray's Ein. Yeah. Let me look at let me look at Gray's Ein for comparison. Like I mean, granted, like that thing looks just terrifying. Yeah, it's, like, it's monstrous. Yeah. 
And I think this doesn't look as scary as it's supposed to be. I think this is supposed to be on a similar level of that, and it's not as scary. I do just really like, like, if this was, like, something that he had, like, flown, if this was not the Bi-Elf, if this was, like, McGillis's standard-ass suit that he used in the, in the, um, the Balfour plane conflict at the start of this, the fact that I can fucking remember Balfour plane with one mention in the entire fucking show is Yeah, my mind. damn, that's a good pull. <laughs> But um, if he had, like, had that sort of, like, Carta's, like, you know, Gladiator Helm one, like, sh- I would really, really like that. I do agree with you that it's, like, a final boss design. This is not really living up to the expectations of fear. I do like it, and I'm going to say one thing, one more thing, and I'm not going to comment on it further. It's a little bit hot. <laughs> All right. Okay. I mean, hey, valid. I, again, it's, like, it, it definitely is supposed to be this more, like, regal, dignified Gundam right because it's like it's because it, it's it's a designation and i mean you know bio king of hell and all that it is aswg one it is the first gundam frame it is like the one it's agnika's suit so the whole thing right. is that like, and, but like it I is like it the, is gallarhorn embodied there are way. ways to like lean into that like this imperial like to to lean into this like an, an imperial like 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 quote-unquote order to its worst ends like there are i think there are ways to make that like scary in a way that they didn't really follow through like like this does not look unnatural enough to me like so that's like a, that okay that's another thing too that i'm kind of realizing as we're talking about like, it gray's gray's eye is kind of fucked up to look at like yeah. something about it just looks wrong and like it hits a similar button to me that like um uh, uh eternamax eternatus does where it's like i'm looking at this and i'm like oh something is wrong with this, this is not yeah. i yeah Something's wrong here. And I think they could have, I would not, I do not know how to do it myself, but I think they could have, I think they could have threaded the needle of like this kind of like regal, imperious knowing of what is this classic thing that is just like the embodiment of what is right and the stalwart of, uh, as opposed to what is wrong and what that looked like 300 years ago transposed into today with little to no changes. <clears throat> it's, I think also the Gundams are supposed to be, like, monstrous and scary looking, and it doesn't really give that, like, all the other Gundams we've seen do. No, it doesn't. And, like, that's fine. You know, it's certainly a change of pace, but, like, and, and it, it fits for what Bile is. I think just when it comes down to it, it's, like, the least interesting of all the Gundam designs in the show to me. But, you know. I'll, I'll agree with that. that. I'll, I'll, yeah. I, I will agree with that. Of all the Gundam designs, like, what, what are the other ones I'm comparing it against? Like, the three that... So there's the there's there's, Bar- there's Barbatos, there's the Gushan rebake full the Gushan rebake full city. There's yeah. she knows we, we got Flaros, yeah, Flaros, and Kimaris, yes. Kimaris. Who's got, who's playing the Kimaris? That ride that, that was Gylios in season one. Oh yes, yes, yes. The the four the four legged motherfucker. And, and he turned that into the Vidar, and the Vidar is just the f- Vidar is so fucking sick. Yeah. So like compared to those, this definitely does not really hit the hit the hit the the high highs yeah. that those are hitting. But also like. That's a real tough card to come up to compete against, frankly. I mean, I just I'll, I'll just show you one Gundam because like they've made a couple more mobile suit like uh, Gunpla from like the Side Story IDO stuff. Like, yeah. The, are, the are you about gimmick. to show me Red Robot Spirit Side MS? I'm about to show you fucking Gundam Marcosias. Oh, that's kind of nutty. It has yeah, it has fucking four subarms to carry four knives in addition to a giant fucking club sword. It's 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 just it's a lot, but I liked it. It's a lot. It's quite silly with it. So let's see, this one starts out, uh, Vidar is talking to Rustal about the Seven Stars meeting. Uh-huh. Um, Vidar agrees, it's time to settle this with McGillis. And I, I think, like, because they had the meeting, but Rustal wasn't there for it. Like, mm-hmm. they just held it without him. So, like, Rustal was, like, kind of mobilizing his entire Aryan Rod fleet to, you know, clap back. It's, like, the final battle is upon us time. Yeah. Um, And we learned that, like, McGillis's faction has taken over almost all of Vinyolf, uh, Big Blue, 
Yeah, like <laughs> Big almost all under military aggression. That's what my notes say. <laughs> yep, uh, Mika's there. Mika helped take everything over. He had to be yep. there for this. Um, they're distributing. They have, like, they're distributing Liza Enza's message. Yeah, but <laughs> Liza like, Enza is like they drop that name like it's someone we know. He is the the, the sort of like reddish brown hair. Yeah, no, no, no. I, know, I, I, yeah, okay, I picked yeah. up, I picked up who he was through context clues, but it's like they just like say, "Oh yeah, Liza Enza's speech is going great." I'm just like, it just feels like a name that would have come up before a little bit. That's a pretty. It's a pretty unwieldy name too. Too many Z's. Yeah, Liza Menenza. <laughs> Liza Minelli. Liza Minelli. That's that's Salazzle. That that's Salazzle. That's uh that's that's Heliolisk. Pokemon is such good lizards. Lizard. Um. So they, they you know they have a whole perimeter around Earth. Uh, McGillis uh, sees Mister Mister Bodwin sir in the hallway, uh, mm-hmm. and he's fucking pissed. Um, Bodwin is at at McGillis for you know doing this whole coup thing. And McGillis is like, oh don't worry, Almiri won't be harmed in all of this. My dear wife, and it's just like, just don't remind me. To, yeah, to be clear, Bald- to be it. clear, Baldwin Elder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But B- B- Bodwin Senior. Yeah, the, the the one with the the one with like the light the lilac colored beard. Yeah, and he says, uh, he yeah, I I will make I have made sure nobody hurts my what my wife. My wife. Uh, he says <laughs> now for now I am a traitor, but when I win, you will be the traitor. Yeah, <clears throat> and He's we like, f- I just need that one item in my hands, and then the positions will be reversed. And then we get this we get this flashback of like, oh yeah, McGillis was also an orphan. He killed a man for an apple. He was in a. Young boys gentleman club, maybe? And I'm like, uh, okay, I hope this isn't going where I think it is, but like that club could have been anything. Who knows? Who um, knows? And then you, you know, he got taken in he uh he killed another kid with a folding chair. Uh uh-huh. yeah, he gave him the chair. Yeah, he got taken in by that man, like whoever that man is. Is is Nario Farid. Yes, is Nario, sorry. Um he showed the other delightful little boys his power by fucking the, uh, fucking them up. We get like the we see like the little flashback from of like him popping out the limo with baby Carta, baby Gileo yeah. from season one. Um, and then my next note is oh, okay, sure, yeah, sure. Let's do McGillis's sex slavery background, whatever. Sure, the, it is okay. So we talk about this. We there's a lot of preface of this in Discord. Yes, of just like this entire fucking plot point about McGillis comes out of completely out of left field. What I think they were trying to go for and let me let me say right now emphasis on trying because they just completely fucking faceplant with the execution yeah. here yes is mcgillis's background i'm gonna put like a content warning in this episode for like sexual abuse talk yes. i guess yeah um but his background of sexual abuse his arranged marriage with almeria could be him viewing it as I understand how the wealthy, powerful leads of this world work. And if I'm not arranged married to Almeria, then this could happen to her too. And I want to protect her. And I want to use this power I'm trying to gain to upend the system and make sure this never happens to anyone. The only problem is that that is clearly not his motivation in the show. Yeah. Because he is using, he's using Almira, he's using Almira for power, but like, Almira is again just is just a pawn for him. He is like <clears throat> like there is no there is no like dressing this there is no like him even like lying to him. Like whether or not that that is true or whether or not that's just a lie he's telling himself. Like that is not presented to us in any capacity. Like we are we are supposed to assume like oh, okay, he got this. He is he did this happened to him and he wants to prevent this from happening to Almira. He wants to just you know take her off the market himself to use a disgusting turn of phrase about it. Sure. Yeah. Um <clears throat> But it yeah, it just completely flops. It just feels like 
it just feels thrown in for no fucking reason. Like it's like it's it's scummy in a way that is not a deliberate part of McGillis's scummy character. Right. Like every time he does something weird and uh, awful on screen with Almeria, like I hate it. It's scummy, but like I feel like it is building towards something in the character, even if I don't like to see it myself. It feels purposeful albeit bad to look at at a lot of times yeah. if that makes any sense i don't like what it go- i don't like what it goes for but i can feel a purpose behind it like there it, is it is I it can- is a compelling part of his character exactly yes this just feel like what the fuck is this doing here what is this eight episodes from the end just it what it, it it feels so out of place like like it, it just like the fact that it was introduced but if this episode didn't have that, literally nothing would have changed because we can still understand that, oh, he desired power because he was he was he grew up on the streets and he had to like fight and kill to survive, basically. And he wants to make sure it doesn't happen. Like you could cut this entire part out and all of his character would still make the exact same amount of sense. Right. It just feels so unnecessary. It, 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 it's just like I like he, I, obvi- obviously I, you ugh. can tell you can tell a story about something like this happening. Like you can tell a story about the effect that this might have on a person. But it just feels like it just feels thrown in for shock. Not even shock value. This doesn't even feel like particularly shocking. It just feels like, well, I guess we're fucking doing this. Like if it, if it was there for shock value, like I feel like it would be even more like like in your face and awful about it. Like it's it's not good, but like the extent of it is like McGillis getting pit- chosen at a gentleman boys club, and like McGillis in naked in like naked sitting off the side of a bed in with a man at night. Like it it. I don't want them to go further about this, but, like, I cannot fathom what... Like, okay, yes, I can fathom what they were going for. Just a complete biff in every fucking direction. Yeah, it 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 it's just, like, a fucking sunk cost. Get rid of it. Like, the show's yeah. better off without it. Nothing changes. It's just you get one less horrifically gross thing in the show. It's just so weird. It's just so weird. Like... And, and, and like, what this leads into is him discovering about his his BFF, Agnika Kairu. Yeah. You know, Mr. Gallarhorn himself. And... Again, like, I, I don't need to keep dwelling on it because I feel like we'll end up just talking circles about this shit sucks, this shit sucks. But, like, yeah. <laughs> again, you, this could have been, you could have cut this out and just, like, Isnario found him on the streets and you could tell he has this fucking, like, ruthless fighter spirit in him and takes him in. Like, boom, done, fixed, easy. I guess he wouldn't hate his dad as much then, but, like, you could hate his dad for myriad other reasons. There's a yeah. lot of ways around this. Yeah. Ugh. So, um, what is, what, what was Isnario's, like, was was the, was the implication that Isnario was like taking advantage of him? I think I, so because there's there's one shot of Isnario's in bed. This is after. Okay, Miguel's I did not real I did not realize that was Isnario. I thought that was like another some just jobber. No, that was Isnario. Like, and McGillis is like sitting on the side of the bed covered in bruises. Make, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. That, like what it, the fuck? It's even worse than I thought. I did not realize. I thought it was just like I. I somehow missed that that was Isnario. Like I knew that Isnario was that man. I know I said I know I said it earlier, but like my notes just made me. My I just had it written down in a way that made it seem like I didn't know who I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I did know it was Isnario who picked him up. I did not realize it was Isnario. But I'm sorry. I'm I'm gonna keep going in the circle because now I just realized like I didn't realize that the first time. Yeah, now this that's shit sucks more than worse. you thought. It sucks worse. Than, I thought it was just. I I genuinely thought it was like he did. Like you know, he he like you know did sold himself to se- sold sold his body to make ends meet which is like that sucks but the fact that isnario was like oh god all right yeah yeah fucking terrible 
Yeah, is Nario Fareed, character that really needed to be taken down a peg even further. Like, yeah, not, that honestly, I'm like not that I'm out here, like, bitching about the character assassination of his Nario Fareed, it's just, like, we already saw that he was a pretty shitty dad. Like, he was right. not a... But, like, I... This... Like, at, the, at this point, I applaud McGillis's constraint for not fucking gooshing him like a fly in a mobile suit. Yeah, honestly. Like, <sighs> I don't want to talk about this anymore. This Yeah, this just, just sucks. So, okay, flashback over. It's bad. Uh, yep. Mika's really impatient for McGillis's plan. Uh, the Aryan Rod fleet's, like, are gathering with Rustle. They're getting ready for this big push. Um, <laughs> a bunch of Eox men come in, and they're like, Coach, you gotta let him play. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta let him play, Coach. Because <laughs> they know Eok is still on house arrest doing finger painting. He can't yeah. pilot just yet. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's doing his little macaroni arts. Yeah, Rustle's like, you know, you're all in charge while he's out of here. You gotta do him proud by fighting. I just love that they're so easy to manipulate just by, like, gassing them about their their best little boy. Yeah. I, um, I, I like Eox men just, like, believing in him like that. Like It's so good. Like, the way that, like, they so nobly, like, throw themselves on the grenade that is the mobile, that is, um, uh, the mobile armor in that episode. But, like, uh, uh, Eox, you have to go save yourself. We'll hold this down. It's, like, just, it's a, just, a, just, a, view, just a view into a completely different anime where Eox is the protagonist. And it's very funny. See, I, th- okay, yeah. I don't want, I don't want an Iron-Blooded Orphan spinoff set during Climate War. I want to see Eox's story. <laughs> yes, I want to see this entire thing. Eok's perspective, like you know that scene in Fullmetal Alchemist when um, Yoki runs into when Yoki is like reunited with the Elrics, and he's like, "You remember that time that like uh, you so you so evilly tricked me out of use out of the Usewell ownership, and you sold uh-huh. me a bunch of you sold me a bunch of comb that was actually go- that you th- made me think was gold, and oh, you were you were so evil to me, Edward Elric, you bastard man." And it's just like yeah. him very obviously lying. I want that, but I want Eok's <laughs> I want Eok story. Like, I, I, I want, like, Eok, it's like, it's fucking, uh, okay, so, do you know the reason why Eok is a 7 is turn-based? Um, as this in, is, like, in, as in within the game or without the game? Because I know the answer to both, but which one are you driving at? W- w- like, the reason Ichiban sees it as turn-based. Yeah, because, because the, the first game, he played the first Dragon Quest, and then he went to jail for, like, 40 years. Yeah, because c- he sees every combat, everything, every fight he gets in as, like, a, a JRPG combat. I want Eok to do that, but it's like... He's like, I want him to see the mobile armor as like this, like dragon. He's like fucking Saint George slaying you, it. You, you, you want Don Eoke <laughs> tilting at Hoshmals? Yes, tilting at Hoshmals. <laughs> Good shit. Oh god, I'm really excited for when I do Mobile Suit Gundam Iron Headed Orphans. I really want to name. I'm gonna name a guy after Eok. Who's the oh, most? E- e- who's star the most of e- your team, Eok? Who, who's, the mo- who's the most Eok Pokemon? Fucking for the for the very for, it it does not make sense in any other way but like the hair um of Mudsdale did remind me of him a little bit okay yeah like they sure both got, they right. both got, like they both got like you know braided up hair see I'm thinking Eok in terms of like personality uh huh uh huh if we're talking like in hmm. well in terms of personality who you got who you got because I got nothing else for this I got I'm trying to think of a Pokemon that's like really f- just full of themselves like Incineroar is too self aware to be an Eok is it Buzzwool. Might be Buzzwool. Okay, Max, I need to, I need to, I, we're off on a tangent. I know, I know Incineroar is a tiger, like, in, in Word of God Pokemon. I feel like it's not, personally, I've just, I've been, I think about this every time I play Smash, because I like to play Incineroar. And oh, yeah, who doesn't? I think the reason that it's coming to me that I don't think that uh, Incineroar, like, speaks tiger to me is that, like, 
Because Incineroar is very clearly based off, like, luchador stuff, right? Like, Tiger Mask and, and the like, Yeah, right? yeah, it's, ex- it's extremely, like, pro-wrestling luchador, yeah. And, like, so the thing, it's, like, it's it's two levels, it's, it's so, you got, you go from Tiger Animal to the, what, what the representation of it for a luchador, for a Tiger Mask luchador, and then you go from that to a Pokemon, and then you bring it back to Cat... And but then you don't really make it look tigery. It, it, it's it's like whoa, we put stripes on him. That's tiger. Boom. Right, right. It is, sealed. It, it, it is a tiger in the same way that like like a tiger was uh, and a, a large cat with spots on it would be uh, a like a leopard. Yeah, it, it's a tiger in that it evolved from cat Pokemon. Yes, and has stripe. Yeah, I mean, not to say Incineroar is not a beloved member of the family. We love Incineroar. I love Incineroar. Don't get me wrong. I'm just like this is this is like. It is a cat Pokemon based on tiger-themed luchadors. Yeah, I would not I'm say doing... it, is a, it is not a tiger. I would not call it a tiger-based Pokemon in the way that, like, I would honestly call Raikou more of a tiger than Incineroar. Uh, oh, hundred percent. I mean, yeah, Raikou I, is doing... literally a saber-toothed tiger, but like, I'm, I'm doing the Simpsons meme of like the world if, uh, and it's the world if uh, Sprigatito evolves into a saber-toothed cat. <laughs> no, not another saber-toothed tiger. <laughs> Let me have regular, regular quadrupedal tiger, please. I mean, I just don't want to stand up. I think we've, like, I'm not, like, super passionate about that. Like, I don't care if the starters stand up on their hind legs, because, like, the point is that they're supposed to be more anthropomorphized than most Pokemon. But, like, I think it'd be cool. Grass Rock starter. I could deal with it. I mean, I'm picking the duck anyway, but still. <laughs> Unless we talk about Pokemon f- for perpetuity. Um, what, the, the, Liza Minnelli, the Gjallarhorn spokesperson from Gilles' faction, he, like, gets to meet Orga. Uh, he's he's like super fanboying over Orga. He's like, oh, the you you guys are gonna be sovereign of Mars, and Orga like doesn't even shake his hand. He's yeah, like, no yeah, no, uh, uh, anything from the scouting party? Yeah, and we learned there's forty half beat class ships. Uh, Tekadon has no way of taking them all out, but you know, as long as they get Rustle, they don't need to take it all out. Mm-hmm. Half beat ships are like the the Rustle's like cool like weird wedge shaped ships that he uses. I like the design of those; they're neat. Yeah. Um, we uh, we see Bile. Megillus gets to the fucking like. It's like, it's really cool. This hangar probably like from a functional standpoint sucks. Cause like, why would you store a mobile suit half submerged in water? But like, right. It's really cool right. looking. It's fucking sick. It looks epic. It's in the fucking pool where Sephiroth killed Aerith. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bile like standing. It's like, it's like an octagonal room and like this, like one long walkway in the middle where bile standing there. And like, uh, Miguel's walks up to it and like Vidar breaks in, uh, through the ceiling and all oh, busting through. Wouldn't you know it? He takes his mask off. It's been Gylio the entire time. Gargantuan, massive, horny grip. Like, yeah. Hey, uh, he looks. He looks better. <laughs> I, 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 I wish the scars in this show were worse because I think a more facially fucked up Gylio would be hotter. But he's pretty hot as is. <laughs> he's hot because he didn't get a haircut. <laughs> yeah, he just got it burned off and said, "Yeah, let that shit rock." Yeah, it rules. He looks so fucking sick. Um, he he he, je- he look he looks he just looks like a fucking gay person who got their hair cut in their bathroom by their friend. Yeah, speaking exactly. speaking as a gay person who last night got their undercut uh, maintained by. In, in oh the hell yeah! I'm by glad, their I'm glad, I'm glad you're keeping that trimmed up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I got to keep that shit short. Oh yeah. Um. So he he McGillis is like talking to Gylio. He's like, "Oh, you're so trusting of Rustel." And Gylio's like, "Yeah, I am trusting. I got murdered by my best friend. I'm so trusting, dude." And he's like, he's like, I was once killed by my best friend. My best friend? No, that isn't right. And then my notes just say, yeah, best friends don't rim each other. I don't think. <laughs> best friends uh, do not. Like, best best friends do not. Uh, do not hear them. Do not. Best friends do not hear themselves referred to colloquially as the blowjob brothers once and say, well, might as well. 
Yeah, <laughs> well, if they're all saying it. <laughs> they're saying what we're all thinking. Who am I to argue? No. <laughs> uh, he's like, you You were always a, dis- a distant goal. I admired you and wanted to stand by your side. We get like a flashback of like teen college years yeah McGillis we get like teen Baldwin pining over like guy or over McGillis he's just making puppy dog eyes the yeah. entire time at him yeah it, it is basically textual and he like um, talks about how he like thought that uh McGill- he thought th- he's like oh McGillis I thought you took off your mask you that you wear to try to hide who you truly are I thought you took that off when we fought when we were side by side but I was wrong all you understand yeah. is authority might and brute force yeah, and like McGillis, like you know everything that translates into power, and he just kind of like berates McGillis for. Yeah, he's like c- he's like he, he's like says go on get in by L since your ass want to act like I don't know since your ass want to act totalitarianism. Go go, <laughs> go ahead, read change comment since your ass want to act power. <laughs> um. Uh, he's, yeah, I, I bear many things on my shoulders. You can't see them. You're only basically like says your only language is violence. I bear these things. I deny you without your mask. And then Barbatos is busting in. Barbatos busting in. Uh, Mika's like, hey, hey, Chocolate Man, can I kill him? And he's like, yes, by all means. And they go at it. So yeah, McGillis tells Mika to kill Vidar, and uh, Baldwin's like, I can't beat him. But with the two of us, and then like he pops open like the back of his neck to reveal like ports, and uh, he's like, ah. Uh, I give myself over to you, and he, he posts the Markiplier E meme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. This shit's crazy. This shit's cool. Did you expect Ein Dalton to come back? No. This shit had me popping so hard. The, see, just Ayn sitting no on this all season rules. He he's no longer a character. He's just like basically a brain in a jar at this point. Yeah, but. Vidar or uh, Galileo explains like by routing all of the overload of the Alive Vinyana system through Ein's brain, I can get the power of an AV without having to like you know get nosebleeds and eye bleeds all the time. So like it's basically as good as a regular AV. Let's fight, boy. Uh, Einville con carne. Is that anything? Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. Um, um. Yeah. He's not the only one with an AV though. No, you're not the only one who can turn. You're not the only one who can turn yourself. You were foolish to think you were the only one who could turn yourself into a car. You're not. You're not the only one who who can raise your special defense by one point <laughs> five times if you have only attacking moves. Um, <laughs> because McGillis talks, he he kind of exposits as he gets into uh, Biel about like how yeah he let Galileo and Ein do all that research so he could basically like figure out a way to like give an adult an AV system because he's shirtless and he's it doesn't seem right that McGillis is like super torqued. It seems a little strange to me, but what do I know? Um, yeah, because he's buff as hell. He takes a shirt off and he gets into Bael because he has his own little AV port on his back too. Yeah, um, and he's like, "Awaken, Agni Kakairu. And uh, Baldwin at this moment apologizes for being a Laya Vinyana racist. Yeah, and he he just he just fucks off. Like he knows he can't win against the two of them. He can't win against two AV suits. And McGill's is like, "No, today was a victory." Uh, he skypes the whole world. Yeah, he's like he. So this is th- this moment is very very important for you know, obviously myriad reasons going forward in the next seven episodes, but, like, the whole thing is McGillis gets Bael, and he is convinced that, like, this ancient well-known symbol of power is, like, you know, going to turn the tides, and he's, he basically says, like, it doesn't matter what rank you are in Galahorn, I have Bael, you report to me now, like, I'm the head of all, because, you know, he is essentially clutching, like, the very power, the very soul behind Galahorn, and it's just, like, you can already tell... <laughs> Yeah, give this, a shit. this, uh, ooh. it's like cool, cool Bitcoin, dude. I don't believe in it, though. <laughs> <laughs> he's 
He invested he invested Gallerhorn's he invested Gallerhorn's pensions into stablecoin. <laughs> no, you guys seriously, Bilecoin's gonna hit big. Bilecoin, like as if the whole fucking as if libertarian. All my frames, uh, all my frames gone. All my frames gone. Like as if libertarian McGill's wasn't enough of a reality. Now he's like so fucking firmly believing in the perceived value of this thing that he expects everyone to respect and everyone's just like what okay sure dude it's just it's just it's just it's just it's a nice little bow on his character thus far um and like even rustle is like calls him a child who can't grow up yeah he's you know essentially chasing after a fairy tale yeah it's like oh you guys i'm i'm in mecca rumple stilts canal better watch the fuck out yeah it's yeah uh, yeah. Baldwin like interrupts his speech. He does the fucking you know. I'm gonna let you finish, but uh, I'm gonna defeat Miguelis actually. Yeah. Uh, bye. Gonna... Cut. Ed time. Bye. Ed time. Yeah. It's yeah. So so this is we're, we're like we're based. I mean we're not at the end because we have seven episodes, but like this is like the final conflict. This is like we're we're, we're riding out now at this point. Yeah. Or this is about to pop off next episode. And then we'll ride yeah. it out. But we're there. We're there. We're there. Yeah. That's good. Gundam. Gundam. A lot, of, uh, lot of, lot of shit this week. Can't wait yeah. for next week where it's even more shit. You're going to love this. Trust me. Beyond Toon I got a double-double of Beyond Toon World this week. If you yeah, let's fucking go. So I went... I went... I doubled up today. Uh, we... Sometimes you gotta. A double-double to respect those who died. Uh, rest in peace to those who died. Uh, hmm. We've got... First up, we've got Takeichi Ryota. One Mr. Jazzly Dominicals. Fuck yeah. Uh, uh, hold on, I gotta... I did not actually pull up Mr. Ryota's pay. I, I have a bunch of things listed down. I just don't know... Have the Ryota sure. background. Uh, he's rep- He was born in 1982, and he's represented by Aoni Production. Uh, he was, he has done such roles as, uh, I'll say, actually, I'll say that one for last. Uh, in Assassination, in Assassination Classroom, he was Shiro. Okay. Uh, in Attack on Titan, he was, uh, Thomas, which is just, I just love whenever there's an anime guy named Thomas. 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 Gerald. Bradley. Uh, In My Hero Academia, he was one Kenji Tsudagamai, who you may not remember by name, but you do remember the the, the cop that was a puppy dog? Oh my god, he was the dog cop? He was dog cop. Fuck yeah. <laughs> he was the fucking... Oh god, if I could remember the name of the guy from Sp- uh, Space Patrol Delta. Fuck. Rex. Oh, Power Rangers. Is this anything to you? Oh no, you... No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. The fucking... Doggy Hauser? The fucking... The, no. the fucking... <laughs> that definitely it. No, yeah, the blue dog. The for blue dog and everyone's like, how does he fit his fucking snout inside the Power Rangers helmet? Yes, yeah. I know exactly he's not. He's not that about. guy, no, but I'm just thinking about that guy now. Um, in Dr. Yeah, I'm, thinking Sto- about, I'm thinking about Power Rangers doggy. Yeah. In Dr. Stone, it was Jasper, who was just, I think he was like the, the village elder of the in the first season. Uh, I don't, Jasper Not like the village elder. No, he was, no, Jasper, yeah, God, Dr. Stone's so fucking good. Did I tell you I read all that, like, over a week? Uh, you didn't, but I think, uh, no, it's you did. It's so you did, you good. Did. It's so good. Yeah. Anyway. Um, on in id invaded, which is a show that I fucking love. I don't know if it's good, but it, it, it hits like a real great criminal minds. Ass, like, okay. I, I like things that aren't good either. I like, I'm a Gundam <laughs> yeah. podcaster. Yeah. Um, he was Fukuda, who is the man with a, who had who, like drilled a hole into his head. He trepanned himself. Okay. All right. Um, I fucking love that character. Uh, in Heaven's Design Team, because I keep coming back to that, he is Unabara, yes. who is, uh, okay. uh, you need to watch Heaven's Design Team. I think you would really like this show. It's only like 12, 13 episodes. I'd like to watch it. Uh, I'm going to just show you what this guy looks like. He's just a big fucking beefcake of a man. 
Tremendous. And he is the he is the softest boy of he is just very soft. He's very soft and very nice. Oh, I love a guy in a fucking nice vest like that yep. little sweater vest going on Mr. Rogers' ass. Like a yes. And lastly, in Haikyuu, do you have a guess? Um, is he is he in the is he he's not is he in the main? The, no, he's not. He in, he's uh, not on Cross. He's not on Karasuno. He's on Karasuno. Okay. He's not on not on Karasuno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is he is he on Abujosai? No. Oh God, I'm stumped because there's a lot there's a lot of boys in that dish yeah. show. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna kick yourself after this one because he is in fact one Ushijuma Wakatoshi. Oh, fu- okay, yeah, fuck it, yeah, okay, all right, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Um, that's also- my friend Jasley. <laughs> yeah, that's Jasley. Outstanding. Um, and also to respect the fallen, uh, one one Hikasa Yoko, uh, of uh, Japanese voice voice actress and singer associated with I'm Enterprise, and she has I'm? got she's got some she's got some she's got a couple of roles on here that I included because I thought they were funny, such as for example, Birdie the Mighty Decode O Two. She was Shrine Maiden in episode twenty three. Um, Tremendous. In ReZero, starting life in another world, she was Insane Woman. <laughs> Good. <laughs> But then, but then here, here we go. So we got, we got, um, in Hadamanagatari, she was Higasa. Mm. Uh, Pokemon XY, she was Nami. Which, which I don't know that gen. Is that a gym leader? No. So that, that might've been like the Japanese name of it. Um, uh, Nami, Nami. Who the fuck is Nami? That, that might, that just might be like the Japanese name of a voice of a gym leader. Moira? Oh, I, that's, that, that's not, that's not a gym leader. Moria. This might be rather, an anime Moria. character. Yeah, she's just a character that appears. Okay, she barely has an entrance. She had, she had a talent flame. Oh yeah, fucking Marie Antoinette looking ass. She has a chinchino though, and I do like chinchino. So. She 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 does. Apparently, according to the Pokemon wiki. Uh, uh. Okay, I guess yeah. All right, I, I'll trust you on that. <clears throat> um, in Danganronpa, she was <laughs> one uh, Kirigiri Kyoko. Fuck yeah. Um, in Kaon, Akiyama Ooh, okay, Mio. Classics. Akiyama Mio in Kaon. Good. Um, in Aid Invaded, again, she was uh, Keiko Kikuchi, who's like a one-episode character who gets murdered by one of the Criminal Minds guys, but I just think mm. it's funny that both she and Jasley were in that show. Yeah. Um, uh, Little Witch Academia, one Diana Cavendish. Fuck yeah. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, you got a guess for that one? Um, Jujutsu Kaisen. Yes. She, hmm... Is she Maki? No, I uh, I feel like you might not get this one. So I'm gonna give it. It's it's my one of my favorite lesbians, Iori Utahime. Okay, no, yeah, would, uh, that would have taken me quite a few guesses. Yeah, yeah, uh, char- character who definitely exists and is important to the show. <laughs> um, in Cells at Work, Code Black, she is the white blood cell. The have you seen okay, this? Yeah. Have you seen that design? The have you watched Cells at Work? Yeah, white blood cells is one with like the hair cover and half the face, right? In yes, in both, but there's also Code Black, which is like the this like Cells at Work. The original takes place in like an ostensibly largely healthy body, um, where yeah. Cells at Work Code Black is like in the body of like a 50 year old guy who is like a chronic smoker and like doesn't eat oh, very well, okay. and so like his All body right. is yeah, just in a state of disrepair. Um, anyways, I'm just gonna show you like the cover image, uh, and she is the white blood cell depicted here. Uh, just just take 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 a take a look, see. <clears throat> Oh, she's breasting boobily. Yeah, she's breasting hugely boobily. Uh, I liked Cells at Work Code Black, and I... Listen, not all of it was because there was a huge-breasted woman covered in blood half the time, but a good chunk of it. Like, look at the fucking... Like, okay, look at the cover art. Look at the fucking cover of the first volume of manga. Like, they fucking... They knew what they were pulling. They knew what they were... Yeah. They knew who they were pulling for. Um, 
uh, Moriarty the Patriot, um, she was my person, one of my all-time favorite iterations of Irene Adler, who... I, sw- I don't know if it was you and me having this conversation at, like, right at the beginning of IBO, or if it was a conversation I had, like, either during G Gundam or Wing, but, like, I'm certain that we've talked about Moriarty the Patriot, the James Bond, Irene Adler thing. Yeah, I... I think it was us at the very beginning of, 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 of this, that, this run. That might be the case. Just I just in case it wasn't me, and this is, like, you remembering from something far older. Yeah, in case I'm imprinting yeah. memories so, I never had. I the way th- What happens in season two of Moriarty the Patriot, which is a show about what if Moriarty was a good guy, actually, well... Uh, you know, an anti-hero kind of like his entire shtick is that he like yeah he he like sets up scenarios for like people for like poor people who have been fucked over by the the noble class uh to get revenge like people who just like treated the the poor's as you know there's like he just like sets up like f- like he just sets up perfect crimes basically for wannabe murderers in the of the lower class um direct action baby. Um, but so in season two, Irene Adler shows up as she is wont to do in James Bond stories, and she fakes her death. And then transes their gender and says, uh, I'm not a woman anymore. I'm cutting off all of my hair and I'm going to bind my breasts. And my name is now James Bond. That's right. That's right. That's so fucking good. That's so fucking yeah. choice. And lastly, in Shaman King, she is one Asakura Yo. Fucking what? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Respect you. to Lofter. Good Lord. Thank you, Hakasa-san. Good shit. <laughs> Damn, uh, those are some fucking heavy hitters. Yeah. Max, who's your robot of the week? Oh, Sarah, I'm so glad you asked, because I definitely have an answer. <laughs> uh, my robot of the week. Oh, I got this. Hold on. No, I got I got to look it up, because uh, because uh, my robot of the week is the uh, the Chevrolet CK1500, which is the starting truck you have in the claimed video game of me, SnowRunner. <laughs> um, cars are robots. It's just like is it? It's a strand game. You play as you you you're, you're, you have cars and you got to fucking fix up uh, like areas that have floods and disasters and snows and whatnot. But you're starting cars as like dumpy ass Chevy truck that just like is no good for anything. But you can kind of fix it to kind of be pretty nice. But it's just, it's just this starting car that I still have in my garage because I quite like it a little bit. Chevy CK fifteen hundred, my beloved. I'm respect respect. <laughs> Respect on the truck. Um, and that'll do it. That'll yeah. do it. taking us to the close. Um, Sarah, uh, go ahead and hit those plugs. Yeah, uh, I'm Sarah. You can find me on Twitter at SunHatGenya, S-U-N-H-A-T-Z-H-E-N-Y-A. Uh, all my all my podcasts are linked in the Twitter, but the important ones are Fear Baiting, Coming Back Soon, Baby. I have not actually set that up yet, but the, the return is in the works, I promise. Ford Ford ReZero also should have a new episode out within a couple of days of this one going up, and we're back on back on the horse for that. Uh and yeah, that's those are the podcasts. If you want to check out all my shit though, it's in the it's in the bio of that Twitter. Um yeah, that's all my shit. That's how I'm just plugging my shit now. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh I'm Max. You can go to Twitter at Max Bajillion to find me. You can go to Pot Agreed Cast on Twitter to listen to Pot Agreed. Um there's no point plugging our, our tournament right now because it'll have been over by the time this episode gets posted. Yeah. Actually, it's not true. If you listen to this episode the morning it gets posted. At 1 p.m., the uh, semifinals and finals of our uh, third annual, fourth annual Cup of Greed tournament will be happening. I think it's our third an- mm-hmm. No. It's our fourth annual. It's our fourth annual. Um, it's really cool to you a tournament every year. We all make, like, four kid-style personas and have themed decks and everything. It's a really great time. Um, you can also go to Waku. Nope, that's this one. You can also go to Slappers Only Vod on Twitter to listen to Slappers Only, which is a video game music showdown podcast. Um... One of these fucking days. One of these days, Jordan and I gonna get back to it. Promise. <laughs> it's a threat. 
Um, and also thank you to our friend Matt Gamecube, uh, who runs noisespace.xyz, which is the podcast network all of our shows are on. Salute the Podfather. The Podfather. You can find all these shows and many, many more. Noisespace.xyz. And to close, Sarah, what do we always say? War is bad. Wow, cool robot. Bye. See you for more bullshit. <laughs>